this show's second St. Patrick's Day special. I am Woosh, and this is a very long episode, so make sure you are not strapped in, because when this thing gets going, I will not blame you for wanting to get the hell out. This show is full of cringe like I never thought existed, mainly due to the fact that two of our speakers were sick, and practically 80% of the dialogue in this show is read from a phone screen, and also my singing is painful. Not as painful as some, as you will soon find out, but it's still really bad. So just a disclaimer, the majority of the information you will hear in this history podcast is true, but a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one. If you are actually interested in the history of these topics, this show can at best serve as an okay introduction to those topics. Number two, almost every sentence about these historic events you're about to hear probably have multiple books written about just that one sentence. And there is easily hundreds of other relatable topics we could put in between those sentences that all have hundreds of books written about them as well. So please do your fair share of research before thinking of this show as a quotable source. Uh, Number three, whether they were drunk, sick, dumb, lazy, or just plain ignorant, there are quite a few times during the show where the cast either went off script, misinterpreted information, made up information, mispronounced names, and sometimes sound very disrespectful to the victims of the events you will hear about. I'd like to apologize up front for this. Most of the time I didn't bother trying to correct them, although every once in a while I took the liberty of at least pointing out when they are wrong in whatever way, shape, or form they were wrong. A typical buzzer sound might have been expected, but instead you'll be hearing Gilbert Gottfried screaming, You fool! (laughs) So with all that said, maybe you can learn a thing or two here. Probably not. In any case, I hope you have a fun St. Patrick's Day. Gurmila Ma'agat. God bless the corners of this house, and be the little blessed. Bless the earth, the table too, and bless each place of rest. Bless each door that opens wide to strangers, kith and kin. Bless each shining window pane that lets the sunshine in. Bless the roof tree up above. Bless every solid wall. The peace of man, the peace of love, the peace of God on all. Good nere yet. I'll tell you what's a gay lick. <laughs> wow. There we go. Licking the asshole drag. That's what it is. We repeat the first line three times, all right? Let me, uh... How do you say the first... How do you say it? Oh, Roche de Oh, Roche Right, you guys got it? So... Oroshe Devahawalia three times and then Anish Gerhaktantari. Alright? So I want Nick and then Schwa and then Pitboss to go. You guys give it your best shot. Alright? Nick, get ready to go. And 
Blessing of St. Patrick's Day on ya. Blessing of St. Patrick's Day on ya. Benakthe Nafila Poracourt. Alright. Dumbledore. Here we go. Noobs, get ready to freaking introduce something, will ya? Uh, what do we do? What do we introduce? We're introducing your show. Intro, you creep show. Uh, we're doing <laughs> Whenever you're ready, noobs. Whenever you're ready, host. To the podcast, little weenus. Let's fucking get it. Oh my god. Whoa, Jesus. Oh, shit. All oh. right, all right. I like that enthusiasm, baby. <laughs> and Is that what that was? <laughs> once again, Pit Boss. Ah, top of the morning to you, you little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so grateful to have Schwal back with us. We are? Let's fuck. <laughs> Let's fuck. Let's fuck. Wow. <laughs> and making his first so appearance on the St. Patrick's Day special, the one, the only, Stu Green. Fuck your moldy bread and fuck the day. Every day is the same. Hey, you know what, Stu? Wow. You know wow. what, Stu? It's not. You're wrong. You're wrong. Fuck you, Stu. You're oh. fucking wrong. Okay. He's getting a little agitated now. This is your fault. This is your fault, Stu. Yeah, pretty much. Stu Green's going to be known as Beef Stew this whole episode. Beef Stew. Oh, right. This whole episode All is right, over. All right, and I am your host, <laughs> Noobs. We have a jam-packed episode full of great content here today, and we are going to get right into it. Let's go. What uh, what segments did you guys do already? Well, it doesn't really matter. You're not done with uh, introducing this goddamn thing. All right, well... Yeah. Let's go. You're the producer of this one, so what are you? What are we doing? Oh, this one. I'm the producer. Oh, is is, is he the producer? Oh, just this one. <laughs> Shit. All right, fine. I guess I'm taking over. Oh, wait a minute. I do that all the time. <laughs> I'll do it. I just don't know. I'll what we're do doing it next. if you want me to. Do, do. do you want me to send it over to you? So this is our second annual St. Patrick's Day special, and we thought we'd do things a little different this time. Oh boy, we're gonna do it different. Let's focus on the dark. 
side. Something, something dark side. Are you sure you want to do that? We're doing it, and I don't care what you say. I love darks. Wait. What in God's name did Nick just say? Racist! Jesus. No, I didn't mean... What? I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. You racist fuck noobs. I do like dark people, though. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop. What? All right, turn the podcast off. That's it. We're officially banned. just happened. We're banned from iTunes. The one fan just told us to fuck ourselves. Nice job, Weenus. Fucking asshole. Anyways, what a lot of people might not understand about Irish history is that I have so many black friends. Stop, Stop saying it. that. It's not okay. Stop talking. Stop, saying Stop that. trying Stop. to dig yourself out of this hole, Nick. Yeah, you fucked up. You fucked up now. <laughs> the game's I'm sorry, over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. What a lot of people might not understand about Irish history, especially because since we celebrate St. Patrick's Day in such a fun and heartfelt way, is that the Irish have not had it good for many years. And when looking into Irish history, the majority of what you're going to find is very grim. Yes. And this is what we are talking about today. We're going to talk about why we wear green. We're going to talk about the potato famine. Oh, no, not that. The Guinness curse. No, not that. The Easter rising. Easter. Dracula. Wait, Dracula? We're going to talk about the IRA. Oh, no, not the IRA. Oh, no. Individual retirement accounts. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should waste no, no time here, and uh, let's get uh, talking. Go Schwancha. Hey, ever wonder why we wear green shit on St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> I have, actually, yeah. That's a great question. I did. I do. Well, check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's literally reading every single line I gave him, word for word. So. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to do. All right, go ahead. Well, check this shit out. <laughs> the big color change happened in the 1640s. Thanks to the revolutionary Owen Rowe O'Neill, who took the blue flag that England made for Ireland and he changed it to green to match the Emerald Isle. Oh, wow. In those days, green was known to represent revolution. Whoa! <laughs> what? Uh, St. Pa- <laughs> Patrick's Day is more of an American holiday. Uh... Wow. <laughs> The wearing of green was more of a way to spread pride for the discriminated Irish in America. It was unlucky to wear green. Uh For the longest time, the fairies were woodland creatures. What the fuck is this? If you fucking listened to the damn thing and just knew how to speak it right, damn. I'm reading it exactly how you sent it. Don't read. No, read the whole sentence first and then freaking process how you're supposed to say it. Jesus. You go read what you sent me and tell me how I'm supposed to read that. Is it just because it's talking about woodland creatures and fairies? It just switches like fairies out of nowhere. Like, what? If you do... Schwa doesn't uh, like on, If you do any things. kind of research on okay. Ireland history, there's a lot of fairies that come into play. Okay? Everything was caused by the fairies. All right. Well, you know, for the longest time, the fairies were woodland creatures that most people feared. See? Oh, fairies. Did you know that? I, I didn't. Did you know that their uh, the color of choice was green? Whoa. And if they caught a human wearing their color, they would be triggered. Triggered. Like snowflakes. Uh, triggered. They would probably kill you. Trigger. Hashtag trigger. Trigger. It was a common phrase 
to wear green is to invite death. Wow. In 19... Uh, nope. <laughs> Almost got me. In 1775, <laughs> Carl Wilhelm Scheele, the German chemist who discovered chlorine, hydrogen, and oxygen, along with several other elements and chemicals, was able to produce a vibrant green dye. Hmm. Green was still a color most people stayed away from, but even the green that was available wasn't exactly as eye-popping as the reds and blues and yellows of the time. Hmm. Pop that shit. Hmm, pop it. Shields green, or as it is sometimes known, Schwa's green, That's became not the... <laughs> so popular it was put in everything. Paint, wallpaper, toys, wax candles, accessories, and mostly clothing. Huh. By the beginning of the 1900s, Shields green virtually replaced all other shades of green. No other green exists. Even the grass changed. What? But something strange was happening to the people that were constantly around this color. In 1861, Matilda Schur, sure. an artificial florist, was tasked with applying this green dye to these floral headpieces for women. Goddamn women. <laughs> she started to suffer flu-like symptoms, just like this guy. Hey! Her skin turned yellowish. Her vomit was a bright green. Oh, no. She complained that everything she saw was now in green tint. Like looking through a green glass window. So she had jaundice. Yeah, she had jaundice. Yeah, jaundice. Okay. Jaundinos. <laughs> Jesus. She had John Stamos. There was nothing they could do for her, and when she died, they established she died of poisoning, but they didn't know from what or how. Dum dum dum. Then in eighteen sixty two, a doctor summoned to the house of a sickly child and his two parents who had lost their other three children in the past weeks to a mysterious disease. <clears throat> Most doctors at the time were quick to blame it on something because it was spread around London. Hey, dickhead! <laughs> diphtheria. Most doctors at the time were quick to blame it on diphtheria because it was spreading around London. Diphtheria? The only problem was diphtheria. Yeah. Wow. That's what I heard. Sorry, I don't know. The... <laughs> The only problem was that these children were the only ones in the area affected by the disease, and they were not responding to the medical treatments for diphtheria. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I am so into this. <laughs> An investigation into the house discovered that it was only recently that the children's room was redecorated with the green wallpaper. Hey, there you go. Oh, no. It all tied into itself. Many other people had been suffering from the same symptoms and dying. In some cases, the medical professionals believed that it was possibly a new disease that might be spreading, so they locked them up in quarantine rooms. But they all experienced much worse symptoms and died terrible, painful deaths. Mm. Those rooms were recently painted green. Oh, no. And this is why we wear green. <laughs> That's why we wear green. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why I wear green, but yeah. That's why you inhale green. Touche. Because some little girl's room was painted green. Because she died, and that's why we wear it. Oh, uh, how much more do I have? Holy fucking shit. Well, if you hurry uh, the fuck up. Oh, I'm going to hurry up here. Even in 1821, when Napoleon was lying in his deathbed in St. Helena Wait, Island. Wait, what? What? Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't fuck around like that. 
All right. When Napoleon was laying on his deathbed on St. Helena Island, he complained about the color of the wallpaper. It's a more widely accepted that Napoleon died from stomach cancer. Yep. What? That's what you wrote. It's true. (laughs) What? Then the green paint? Why are you sitting there questioning it? Like, that's not true. Fake news. A lot of research has shown that he may have actually been poisoned and the wallpaper was a bright green. See? Because it was dyed with schwa's green, uh, which is made from copper and arsenic. Wait, dude. (laughs) It's not... Fucking called Schwaz Green, is that what you call it? Easy to think now uh, about how stupid of an idea it was to use arsenic. But arsenic was used all the time in people's daily lives. Small mm. amounts would be sprayed on fruits and veggies to kill bugs. <laughs> People even dipped their meat in it to stop flies. I dip my meat in it every night before bed. Wow. Jesus, <laughs> that's the fucking dipping sauce for steak was arsenic. Yeah, they just they just dipped it in the shit. That's, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yum yum yum. Ugh. It was in almost all forms of makeup. It was even used as an early form of Viagra. Mm. Wow, got your dick card too. Give me give me shit. one last hard on. There were many cases where women used arsenic in excess with their cooking to kill their husbands, mm. but there was no way to detect the cause of death. It became known as inheritance powder. Uh, inheritance powder. <laughs> get it? Because they inherited their shit after. I get it. <laughs> Wish I had some of that. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> what the fuck? Just kidding. The arsenic that you might find today is made specifically to kill vermin. It's not the same shit that they used back then, so don't get any weird ideas, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you <laughs> jerk. Hey, I know a lot of rich people. Needless to say, though, it was unlucky to wear green for the longest time, whether it would be for superstitious or unforeseen legitimate reasons. But as we will soon hear, the Irish are not the kind that you can keep down. So we wear our green with pride and face the dangerous road head on, motherfucker. That was said so smoothly. (laughs) We'll look death right in the face and say, I'm not only going to wear this shit, we're going to dye our rivers green, and I'm going to fucking drink it too. Here's some mind-blowing shit for you. A fun tradition on St. Patrick's Day is to dye our beer green. Legend has it that this was started way back in 1914 by Dr. Thomas Hayes Curtin in the Bronx. He was a well-known surgeon, physician, and coroner. (laughs) He played with dead bodies. He killed his patients. He got to operate them on afterwards, too. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. Ooh. And he probably carted away plenty of bodies after they died of arsenic poisoning. And how did he invent this green beer, you might ask? He added a few drops of poisonous blue laundry detergent powder. What? <laughs> it's like the Tide Pod challenge thing? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Wow. And you know how beer is kind of yellow, like a Budski and stuff? It's like yellow. It looks like piss. Word. So when you put the blue with the yellow, it turns green. Holy oh. shit! Oh, shit. And just like how we discover the dye they use to use in the Chicago River it was dangerous... Uh, they, they changed up the recipe. But for years, they still said, screw you, death. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> You're reading it line for line, huh? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's the same thing. And the even bigger thing about this, not a what? Bush <laughs> is getting upset. It's just a period there. And the even bigger thing about this period. Oh, I thought I made a comma. Sorry. Oh. You fucked up. You and fucked he, up, man. Seriously. <laughs> fucked it all Fuck. up. Jesus. And the even bigger thing about all this, not a secret at all that tons of beer is consumed across the planet on St. Patrick's Day. And despite stupid people and their stupid ideas, it's not because Ireland likes beer. They aren't even the top five biggest beer consuming drinking countries in the world. Really? Because St. Patrick's Day is usually a good 10 days into Lent. And Catholics participating in Lent still took St. Patrick's Day as a cheat day. You can't drink during Lent? Yeah. So the Fuck. beer drinking itself <laughs> is almost in protest of death. Whoa. <sighs> All right. You're almost there, Schwa. Home stretch. But if you're going to make some green beer on St. Patrick's Day, here's the preferred way to do it. Here we go. Use arsenic. Huh? What did you say? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my God. Stay away from all that cheap American crap and get yourself some nice Irish ale. Not a stout, dummy, because then it won't turn green. We want it clear. Clear enough to see the color. A popular choice is harp or even a hard cider from Magners if you really want to be gay. Hey! Get some green... Hey now. <laughs> Get some green food coloring. It'd be special you if really the coloring... Tell people how from... to use green food coloring and fucking light Hey, beer. how about you shut your goddamn mouth? <laughs> Two drops. Shut the fuck up, let him finish. You'd be a really cool guy if you got the food coloring from Ireland, but the, the most popular food coloring brands in America is called McCormick's. Yay. So it's still Irish because it's... Are we really doing this? Is that Irish? McCormick's. You get it? Only two drops. Three! <laughs> Jesus Christ, you just poured half the fucking bottle in there. Put that in a clear cup. Get the fuck... Let's go! Let's go! And it, if you're gonna do it, it's gotta be in something fucking clear, asshole. Otherwise, you can't see the stupid shit. So pop the cap <laughs> off and squirt three drops of your coloring into your beverage. This way, it's as if your beer was always green and you can trick your mind like a little fucking leprechaun. Wow, here we go. Look at that. Wow. That is fucking green, man. You can smell the arsenic. So just like Woosh did, pour the beer into your glass and enjoy. And for good measure, you can throw a little shamrock on top if you really want to be dumb. <laughs> and... Right before you drink, just as a safety precaution so you don't die, repeat after me. Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish. Ah, non ironic. Ah, what? Ah, non ironic. Ah, non ironic. Ah, na. Ah, na. Nironic. Nironic. Good job, fellas. Woo! You just cursed yourself. Luck of the Irish, boy! <laughs> Oh, Paddy dear, and did you hear the news that's going round? The shamrock is by law forbid to grow on Irish ground. She's the most disgraceful country that you have ever seen. Where they're hanging men and women for the wearing of the green. For the wearing of the green. For the wearing of the green. They're hanging men and women for the wearing of the green. My father loved his country and sleeps within its breast. 
While I that would have died for her must never so be blessed. Those tears my mother shed for me, how bitter they'd have been. If I'd have proved a traitor to the wearing of the green. The wearing of the green, oh, the wearing of the green. The hanging men and women for the wearing of the green. Oh, Ireland, must we leave you driven by a tyrant's hand? And seek a mother's blessing from a strange and distant land Where the cruel cross of England shall never more be seen And in that land we'll live and die still wearing Ireland's green That made nice me more is. sick. <laughs> <laughs> Pit boss, go! Oh no, uh, this is gonna be bad. You got this. Noobs, how about you uh, do something, introduce him or some shit? Yeah, noobs, do something cool. How about you lick my chops? What? Wow. I don't know. You fucking weirdo. Next up, let's see how bad this, I mean, let's see what Pit Boss has to offer in his segment featuring the potato famine. All right, so you boys. We started this podcast by saying oh, we're going to talk Christ, about What the dark. hell is wrong with him? What the fuck, dude? I'm sick as a dog. I, I, I'm oh, sick. okay. So Jesus. bear with me. You're going to have to deal with the raspiness. Okay, it's, it's perfect for this segment. So the darkest time in Irish history is the potato famine of 1845 to 1852. Over a million Irish people died in that time frame. Jesus Christ, this is going to suck. <laughs> How many Marlboros did you smoke this I know, morning? I feel like I smoked a ton. So to answer your previous question, I have not smoked one Marlboro Red, even though my voice sounds like I smoke a pack every five minutes. You sound like Ed Bighead's fucking wife. <laughs> I'm not, that's it, I'm not doing this. I, I, I really like how we got one fucking <laughs> sentence out. Yeah, seriously. And then we got the fucking asshole over here who right, keeps on thinking. Let him get at least five before we interrupt again. Go. All right, all right, Jesus don't fucking Christ. All right. So like I said... There's so at least a million people that died during the famine. Over two million left Ireland to go to different countries, including Canada and the United States, which wasn't cheap, by the way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> How did the potato famine happen, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. It's called the blight, ladies and gentlemen. What? The blight. The what? The blight. Whoa. It's a microorganism that was on... Uh, that came down from like water. You fool! <laughs> from the rain on from leaves, and it turned the the soil into mush, and the potatoes grow in the ground, and it turned the potatoes from the inside out into rot. So you would get a, you would pick a pot of potatoes, and you'd take them out of the ground, and you'd cut it open. It would look fine from the outside. You'd cut it open, and it would be just a bunch of mush, and you couldn't eat it. The problem with this is is that the Irish people were so dependent on the potato that they couldn't have anything else to eat, which isn't 100% true, but that's what, the, that's what the most poor people ate was the potato. It was so high in vitamin C and so high in nutrients, that's what they lived on. The majority of people back then ate 14 potatoes a day. Oh, shit. Right? Think oh, about that. That's all these people are eating. So in, in 1845, when the blight happened, 
the 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 Irish uh, Prime Minister, whose name was uh, Prime Minister Peel, uh, brought the problem of the of the blight to Congress, uh, not Congress, uh, to Parliament. You fool! <laughs> but nobody really believed how uh, how bad it was. They all thought it was bullshit. The English people didn't give a fuck because while this was going on, everybody in the all the Irish citizens would normally eat potatoes. And they also would still be working the farms for landowners that didn't live in the country. You fool! <laughs> so they would still be working grain farms, they'd still be working cattle farms, they'd still be working pig farms, but all that stuff would be shipped to England, and nobody would be eating that in Ireland. So it's not like they didn't have the means to feed themselves, but the English government said, fuck the Irish, Yeah. we don't give a shit about them. You guys are assholes. We're going to take the food from Ireland and make you guys still feed off the potato famine. We're going to give you guys soup kitchens. So from like 1845 to 1847, they opened up soup kitchens. You fool! (laughs) That couldn't feed everybody still, no matter what. Oh, shit. So all these people would still, would, so they would, all these Irish people would, would be living on these lands with uh, the, they're called absentee landlords because they're all English landowners. So when they couldn't pay the bills by selling crops or selling the potatoes, they would get kicked off the land. You fool! (laughs) Right? And everybody was still starving from the potato famine. So the British would come in and kick these people off the land and burn the houses down, which in like 1847 turned into this big fucking to-do. Now everybody's rioting. Now you got a bunch of little sex of Irish uh, uh, Irish people who are trying to overthrow government because they're not getting treated fairly. So you get all these people attacking the English soldiers and they're not winning because they're so weak from not eating because that, that's all they had to live off was potatoes. I have a question. Go ahead. Serious question, and it's going to give your, your voice a break for a sec so you can... Thank you. Thank you. Okay. How do we know it was from potatoes... And not from moldy bread. It's a great question. So, but th- so Irish wasn't the Irish weren't famous for making grain. You fool! <laughs> so the main crop of the Irish was the potato, and that was their main export. Everything that Pipos just said is inaccurate, but okay. <laughs> All right, so they're not eating the potatoes. That's the problem. You can't eat the potatoes covered in blight because the blight is it's if you eat it, you automatically get sick and pretty much die. You fool! <laughs> And I'm still looking into the legitimacy of that, too. Well, that could be not true. Who knows? But either way, you're not, they don't eat that. So from... from I mean, if they the, could have the, eaten it, uh, they would have. Yeah, they would have died. You fool! <laughs> so, so the problem with everything is is that the English government is still, is still fucking the Irish people by not giving them, not letting them keep the crops that they're selling to the English people. Also, uh... The English is is pressuring the Irish people to work in uh, their government laid, laid jobs. So basically, they don't get paid to work. They get paid by food. So they get paid to work on the roadways, right? And they don't get paid money. They get paid soup. You fool! <laughs> right? And if you didn't work the roadways, you got put in... Uh, they're called workhouses. You fool! <laughs> which is basically a prison... But they weren't, like, it's not real prison. So you basically go to this house and you get paid two meals a day. That's how you survive 
A lot of people died in those. And then so like 18, let's go to like 1847. When the majority of the plate hap- is, get, is, at its, is at its pinnacle, right? There was two ways to survive the blight. You either got arrested and got sent to uh, a penal colony. Penis right? colony. So they were pe- In Destiny, you shoot the blight. People were trying to get arrested and get sent to Australia to go live on a penal colony. Or what is a penal colony? It's the warts that are. So a penal colony is like an island that the British government owned, like Australia. Australia owned was owned by the uh, English government and was made for prison. So England sent all their their bad people there to live. That's but why all would, the Australians are assholes. Well, well I mean, I wouldn't cool. say that necessarily. <laughs> I'm, but, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But that's what people did. So you, so Irish people were so desperate in their and they're trying to to get fed, that they would literally go commit a crime in front of a police officer and get put in front of a judge and get sent to one of these penal colonies to eat. Uh, that or the landlords that were... Uh, so, like, the Irish didn't own the land they lived on. They, the, the land was owned by British lords that farmed it out to what's called middlemen, right? So there was a guy... So the English guy owned the land in Ireland... He paid George to to work the land, to own the land for him, and hire these people, the Irish people, to work the land. So there were so many people without work, and the the ground was so saturated with blood that they couldn't work. So what they would do is that the the English landlord would finally pop up and say, "Here, here's a lottery. Uh, the first ten people that that are on my property that want to go to Canada, come get the tickets." And they would pay people to leave Ireland. You fool! <laughs> and survive in Canada. Because back then, a, a ticket to, to Canada from Ireland was like three to five pounds. A ticket to the United States was five to ten pounds. Well, what does that so, translate into U.S. currency? Well, I don't fucking know. But, but to tell you, it was cheaper to send for these landlords to send these people living on their land to a different country than have them stay there and try and feed them, but they would die. That's all they would do. So, so Pit Boss, let me ask you a question real quick. Go ahead. So you said the Irish produced a lot of different crops and food for the English. Well, they didn't, all right. So I wouldn't. It was it was more crop, more food than crops. So wouldn't the English want to keep them alive and keep them oh. good so they can right, keep producing so, those crops? You fool! <laughs> so the English people. The English Parliament, a lot of the English uh, and people in charge, didn't care about the Irish. They didn't, English and Irish didn't get along. I know they didn't care about them, but so, they were still uh, make. They were producing those crops, though, for them. You fool! <laughs> Welcome back. You look like a dirt farmer. You look like a piece of shit you've always been. <laughs> so a, a lot of people, a lot of English people, thought that this was a sign from God because the majority of the Irish people were Catholic and the British didn't like the Catholics. They were Protestant. So they said this is a sign from God for them not doing the right thing and following the right scripture. So they didn't give a fuck about the Irish getting killed in the plight and the potato famine. So they thought this was, they wanted them to, to go through this process to basically uh, uh, repent from their sins for being Catholic. And there was a lot of laws at the time that were going against Catholicism. Like, there was a whole bunch of laws that were written 
to stop and persecute Catholics in the Irish, uh, in British Parliament and stuff like that. You got it? Yep. Got it, noobs? So moving forward, um, <laughs> let me just find where I'm at here. So there was a lot of people that tried to do, they tried to do uh, aid to Ireland. So there was a big move from the Quakers in uh, in '47, which was called Black '47. It was the highest, it was the highest point of death in uh, blowout, right? The potato famine. What? So there was a lot of there was a lot of people trying to do aid to Ireland. So the Quakers were the biggest one that year. A lot of people said the Quakers failed, but they actually didn't. They sent a lot of aid. You fool! <laughs> Um, and then later on in like 80, 88, 89, uh, they had the United States sent a lot of aid over to Ireland. In 89? Not 89, 49. Sorry, 49. Our, the United States, our, uh, um, Australia, and even like some parts in Africa would send aid to Ireland because the famine was so bad. That's when you know you got it bad. Oh, uh, it gets worse than that, but I don't feel that we're going to be hearing about that part. Yeah, probably. If you got anything you want to add, you can more than welcome to jump in. Oh, no, I'll jump in later. It's okay. I know you will. <laughs> I'm shitting out of my so, head. Like, you're, so, you're doing great. So, like, in 49, a lot of people would, tra- would like I said, were leaving Ireland, and they would go on these ships that were called coffin ships. Do you know why they were called coffin, coffin ships? Because they die, they would lot die during. The That's trip. right, noobs. They would die during the trip. Because they died, they died. That's right, noobs. They died. There was one Dead. boat in particular, which I don't remember the name of, that 447 passengers from Ireland were on it, and only 125 survived. Jesus Christ. So they would, and it wasn't, and it wasn't done off of. Uh, they didn't die from, like, from starvation. They died from disease, like, dysentery, you know, like, cholera, stuff like that. And these cotton, that's the problem with a lot of these people who went to New York and Boston and Canada. They weren't treated very well when they got to New York. They were treated as way less than second-class second class. Wait, what, what year is this? Between 47 and 49. 1947? No, for oh 1847. Oh, my God. 18, okay. This whole thing happens in the 1800s, buddy. Okay, I wanted to make sure. The, the, the blood only went so, to 1852. So wait, wait, so did some of the people <sighs> that were on the Titanic, were they going... Was that... Uh, they... I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, hold up. Okay. Noobs, when was the Titanic? I don't know. I forgot. Exactly. Why so, why, so why are you even talking? Why are you even bringing know. it up? Why? The whiskey's, why? The whiskey's kicking in. Hey, the wait a minute. I, I know a boat. Can I talk? I know a boat. <laughs> it's a ship, not a boat. <laughs> there you go. Oh, shit. Schwa coming in. All right, so here's a, a tidbit. There was an uh, American visitor that America, uh, he visited a small town in Ireland called Skipperine. How do you say it, Woosh? With a B, Skipperine. Skipperine. He saw the horrors of the uh, the blight firsthand. His story was told worldwide. Uh... Face the article made the face of famine articles were published. Reached all corners of the planet. People donated whatever they could. Evil people living in terrible slaves in America. I said that Native Americans, orphans, prisoners. Um, <laughs> so the biggest problem with this is, like I said, is that the English government is still in charge of the Irish people, right? So the English Parliament still 
presented what's called a laissez-faire attitude when it comes to subsidizing the, the people of Ireland. So they figured that if they left them alone, they would fix, everything would fix itself. And the Irish were called and considered lazy because they relied on potatoes too much because it was such an easy crop to cultivate, right? So it, uh, a potato crop took like less than three months of work to get done. And the Irish people were considered lazy because that's all they did. And the English government didn't give a fuck about them. They didn't want to help them at all. They wanted nothing better than to see these guys fail and then take over everything else, which caused a lot of uprising in the Irish. So there was a lot of gangs in Ireland, like the uh, the White Boys is one prominent gang. White Boys. Um, what's the other one, Woosh? Woosh, what's the other one? Well, the big one was the um, Molly Malones. The Molly Malones. Was it Molly so Malones? No, would... no, 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 no. Molly Maguires. Molly Maguires. Molly Sorry. Maguires. Macaulay Culkin. These guys would go around to the landowners and British people that were in Ireland and rob them and kill them. And that causes all sorts of problems. And there's a revolt later on. I can't remember the year of the revolt. All right, either way. So basically the last year of the, of the, of the blow. Blow? The last year of the blow. Now that's what it's called. Blow. The, the famine, it's, it's called yeah. the disease. The There's blout. an actual name. It's a fungal name. I can't pronounce it. I thought you said it was the blight. The blight, whatever, blight, yeah. The fuck are we talking about so, here? The last year uh, basically was 1852, and that's when the the first actual crop uh, was sustainable of for the Irish people. You fool! <laughs> so imagine that from 1847 to 1852 is the la- is when the how many years is that where they didn't have an actual sustainable crop of of potatoes which they relied on. Did they actually find a way to end it, or did it no, just so, the end? So, so it basically just ended. Is the crops? There was no like magic pill. There was no like uh, formula to get rid of it. It was just the the rain stopped. The they basically intruded like what happened. How the blight happened was they would have a really really rainy summer, and that would cause this fungus to fall off uh, the leaves when the rain fell and stuff like that. It would flood the flood everything. And Irish soil is not really good for planting. You fool! <laughs> That's why potatoes is such a good option for them. Well, because, okay. Well, I mean, that's why potatoes are, are really good in Ireland because the soil is not made for maize or not maize uh, or like like uh, cornmeal. It's not. They don't have a nutrient-rich soil. You fool! <laughs> uh, one thing I should add is that in like eight in two years into the famine. Uh, the prime minister made a deal with pretty much America to send over corn maize or cornmeal uh, to give to the the poor to eat when they're working. So like I said earlier, they didn't work for money. They worked for cornmeal. And the Irish didn't know how to eat this stuff. Like they didn't know anything about it. There was only two mills in Ireland that could even process cornmeal. And there was a bunch of laws that didn't want cornmeal in Ireland at all. Can you imagine? It was like just getting like a handful of fucking just like dry porridge. Moldy bread. Enough with your fucking moldy bread. Jesus Christ, that was old when it started. So the Irish people lived off potatoes and they were so high in like vitamin C and vitamin D that when they started eating the cornmeal that had nothing in it. So they started getting scurvy, which wasn't something you had in Ireland. 
that the people were dying even more. So, like, starvation didn't kill most of the people. It was all of the diseases that happened from the starvation. So you got scurvy, you got dysentery, you got cholera. Cause all the, and normally the Irish people were really big, they're Catholics. So it's always a big ceremony to bury people. But towards the middle of the, of the famine, there was no money. And there was no, nobody could do anything anymore because they were so weak that nobody got buried. They just started doing mass graves where they would just leave people on the side of the road and be dead, which caused more problems and more disease. So from that time period, imagine living in there where the government is telling you, hey, you got to farm your ass off so I can send all this shit to England. But here's a bowl of shit that you don't even know how to eat and it's not going to fucking sustain you because you're only getting one bowl a day. So the, there was a, it was a more, the, the potato famine wasn't just a, an act from God. It was a, a, a government screwing over its people in the worst way. And that's where this big... Shit show. Yeah, it was this big problem. That's why we still have these big problems between Irish and English people. Because they remember what happened and how they were treated back in the day. And that's all I have right now, folks. I appreciate you listening. <laughs> right now, there's not going to be another time. So, oh, I can't. My voice is ready to blow up. I think my throat's bleeding from trying to talk this much. So, if you have any questions, please focus them to Woosh. I'm sure you can answer them harder than I can. Wait, what's our drink, man? Oh yeah, we need a hot toddy. Oh, look at that. So, uh, the actual ingredients I have it was sent to me. Hang on, let me find it. <laughs> Uh, obviously, the Irish were very cold and sick during the famine. When they wanted to warm up and cure almost anything, hot toddy was the answer. Over the years, this drink was become associated with Irish and Scottish due to the fact that it's made with whiskey. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When the British had spice trade routes to India, they introduced palm wine. Oh. Uh, I don't know what that is, but... It's palm. It's wine made out of palm. So they liked it and added it to some hot water and some cold nights and trade ships. The toddy is the word for palm wine. So exciting. Sorry. So basically the way I make it, you can make it with like cinnamon sticks. You can make it with uh, cloves and then you put whiskey in it and hot water. Uh, that's like, I don't do that. I make it with regular, like I take a regular tea bag, put that in the hot water. Add some honey and then add the whiskey. Who's getting teabagged? <laughs> and to be honest, dude, it really does work. So I do one shot. It says to do two shots. But the honey is, I think the honey and the lemon are really like the biggest parts of it. If you get yourself a lemon tea, add a little honey to it, add wow, some Jameson making to it. Right it. Now. Yeah. yeah, he's got some piss and vinegar. I'm going to make myself another one in a minute. I just, I had one earlier. <laughs> I just drank it already. See? He just made it right now. There's my cup. Yeah, oh, my. Hold on one second. My favorite way of making it, I like to put in two shots of whiskey, and then I slice a lemon slice and shove whole cloves into the lemon skin, and then put hot water in there with some honey. Why do you make fun of my voice? This is nothing I can do about this. Okay. Wait a minute. Speak Italian while you're doing that. Hey, well, hey come on, boy, you, boy. <laughs> you fucking bukaki, you fucking bukaki. Somebody said bukaki. I heard bukaki. It. <laughs> it's called bukaki. It means cut. I also heard funaki. All right, here we go. Oh my god, that's good. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. There, oh, buddy. that is good. You know what? You know what does it? You know what does it? The cloves. That's the, the biggest really thing. Good. You find those whole cloves. That's the big thing. You get the ground cloves, and then you're kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, don't drink so, the ground cloves. Yeah. No, you get them cloves. You shove it in there. 
and then you enjoy yourself a nice sip of a toddy boy. Boosh, take a shot. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. Speaking of health, the most popular toast in Ireland, it literally means health, but associated with cheers all the time, and nobody cares. What? Uh, so it says, to health. Slotcha. Hey, you're supposed to read that like you're not reading from a script. To health, everybody! Slotcha! 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 By a lonely prison wall, I heard a young girl calling. Michael, they are taking you away. For you stole Trevelyan's corn, so the young might see the morn. Now a prison ship lies waiting in the bay. Oh, fly the fields of Athernary. I can't hear the music. We've watched the small free birds fly. Our love was on the wing. We had dreams and songs to sing. Oh, it's so lonely around the fields of Athernary. By a lonely prison wall, I heard a young man calling. Nothing matters, Mary, when you're free. Against the famine and the crown I rebelled, they caught me down Now you must raise our child with dignity Of the fields of our dirty Where we once washed the small birds fly Our love was on the wing And we had dreams and songs to sing It's so lonely around the fields of Henry By a lonely harbor wall She'd watch the last star falling as the prison ship sailed out against the sky Now she'll wait and hope and pray For her love in Botany Bay It's so lonely round the fields of Athenry So lonely were the 
Nice job. Yeah. <laughs> nice terrible job. Woosh is gonna Woosh is gonna lose his mind when he hears this shit. <laughs> I still have that shitty song stuck in my head for you guys who are singing. Anyways, alright, and here we got Slot. Slot! Slot, what up? It's Slot. Slot, what are we doing? What are we doing? Slot! Um, so <laughs> last episode I talked about you know the history of Guinness. Oh. We all we all we all know this famous beer, right? Everybody in the everybody on Earth pretty much knows what Guinness is, right? We agree What's, on that. What is Guinness? I don't know what that is. It's the famous black stuff. Wow, that sounds racist. I don't care. That sounds super racist. Why I'm not racist? talking about Mrs. Guinness's dead baby discharge. I'm talking about Whoa. beer. Wow. Guinness has been celebrated all over the world for over 260 years. Truth. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that shit, man. Can you prove that, or is that just on the internet? We can't the prove it. The fuck is the internet? No, you can't. <laughs> and when you ask people, you know, what do you think of in Ireland, what do you say? Well, most people think Guinness, black beer, dark beers, Potatoes. you know, stouts. Well, Arthur Guinness had a lot to do with this, obviously. Potatoes? He's fucking What's started his name? this shit. Arthur. Arthur, that's not even Irish. It's not even Irish, he says. <laughs> uh, so uh, they used to celebrate in Ireland. Um, it was called Arthur's Day. It celebrated the 250th anniversary in 2009. So every year, every September around his birthday, which was the 24th, they had a music festival and they, they had a big toast to Arthur Guinness. But after so many fights and people just getting drunk and beating the shit out of each other, 2013 was the last time that they, they had this celebration. Huh. Um, I guess some bars around the world still do celebrate it, but not many places have had such a cult following to where they basically have their own holiday for a beer. But this is where the history gets dark. Like Guinness? Like the beer. You know, you, some say, yeah, some say you're so successful, you might have had to make a deal with the devil. You might have some some supernatural shit on your side, right? Whoa. Oh, boy. They have all this crazy popularity. They have wealth. But you have to remember, I talked about this in the last episode. His wife, Olivia, she birthed 21 children. But 11 of them died at birth. Mm. So that's about a 50-50 shot. You pump out 20 kids, only 10 live. I mean... 21. 21 live. 21 kids. Even though it was early, the 1700s, it wasn't that uncommon. But it was still, you know, enough to raise some questions. Yeah, a lot of people died. Yeah, how the fuck do you have that many kids? Yeah, like that vagina must have been ruined. You have to think, it, it must have been a, a period of just like, what, 10 straight years of just basically fucking trying to have a kid <laughs> every day because like every kid just popped out because like, yeah it takes what it's more than 10 nine months to have a kid and these kids were all similar in age weren't they whoosh do you think the kids like walked or walked out or they slid out they, they walked right out and started brewing they, they fell out <laughs> <laughs> there was room to twirl a cane in fact they came out just with a pint of guinness <laughs> Lovely day, mom. <laughs> it became a popular theory that the the Guinness name in general would be cursed. Arthur Guinness he donated to a lot of charities. He started a he started the first Sunday school in Ireland. That's truth. He uh, treated his employees great, full health care with their families. He he helped he helped poor people, poverty, uh, with health care, food, shelter. 
The story sounds fake. Yeah, I agree. You're fake. fake. You're fake. So Your fake. face is it fake. Seems, it kind of seems like he was, uh, he's making up for something, you know? If you do something really slimy, like, now you're trying to help everybody kind of even yourself out a little bit, get you, get you back in the good graces with, uh, with God or whatnot. This is and truth. So, back, if you listen to the first episode, um, Arthur Guinness, he negotiated a lease for his first brewery for 9,000 years. Hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the most absurd thing you've ever fucking heard, isn't it? 9,000 uh, years? Is that lease still active? Guinness, where did you get all this info? Is that lease still active? No. But that lease is active. Anymore. No, it's not. Continue. Fuck. Some say, you know, the guy was drunk. I like to think... I like to think he caught the guy, you know, on New Year's Eve, hammered. The guy was freaking, oh, 9,000 years. He gets his signature down, you know. But some people think there's some there's some uh, supernatural thing going on here. Uh-oh. So, so he's a that's witch. That's how it is. Yeah. Bo Burnham. And he would actually, he would take pages out of the Christian hymn books that you used to see in church. I don't know if you guys went to church or not. Remember those little books in the back? You'd sing and read off and shit. Yeah, yeah, um, the little songs, yeah. Yeah, he would book, rip those up and he would brew them into his beer. Whoa. All right, see, that's just Satanist motherfucker. How is that Satanist? I don't... What do you mean? That's a religious book. This guy's going straight to hell. Who knows what it is, but it's some weird shit. And I kind of believe in it now. Because when you hear these next things coming up, you're going to say, wait a second... <laughs> I am anticipating. Slasha! So, so you remember I said eleven children died, right? Before they, before their first birthday, they were dead. I do remember you saying sacrifice. I remember you said something about that. Yes. But it says a lot of the answer, ancestors with the last name Guinness have met their fate some in some pretty crazy ways. Whoa! Wait a minute! Like, what kind of crazy way are you talking about? <laughs> well, let well, him talk. Of, one of them was a raging alcoholic, died from alcohol, no. alcohol poisoning. That's pretty obvious. Um, Come on. A lot of them, I'm sure, uh, went out that way. If you own your own brewery, I mean, you'd probably be a raging alcoholic. So I don't own a brewery, and I'm a raging alcoholic now. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of those raging alcoholics own the brewery. Why are you making well, shit no, up? Well, no, they didn't own the brewery, but whatever. Fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Get it right, goddammit. All right, this doesn't, ha- this doesn't have to do with alcohol. Two of them became mentally unstable and spent their lives in mental asylums. And who knows what, what, what you know, went on in those old fucking places. They get tortured, raped, fucking all sorts of bullshit. We got some other, we got some other deaths here. One was a, a race car driver. I don't know if he was professional or not. Jerry was a race car driver. He didn't. He was driving so goddamn fast. fast. He didn't die. <laughs> what do you, how do you think he died? How do you think he died? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry, Nick. What? <laughs> One was a race car driver, but he died by suicide, not in a oh. car crash. Huh. One was assassinated by a terrorist organization. One of his ancestors was a, married a high-ranking Nazi. Hitler was one of the wedding guests. Whoa. Bye-bye. Wait, 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 whoa. One was was good friends with John Lennon and died in a car crash. Huh. One shot himself after being arrested. Another suicide was a jump off a bridge in Italy. Another car crash. And obviously, drug addictions, heroin, cocaine, alcohol. You know, that the usual. That shit'll, you know. <laughs> 
the usual shit in fucking uh, Massachusetts. What? None what? of this history is stemming from. <laughs> Why did you bring up Massachusetts? It's not real. I told you it's a made-up story. Like, what? What? What the <laughs> hell just happened there? <laughs> Nick is just. Oh, by the way, Massachusetts. <laughs> He's just making your story interesting. How? I'm trying to fucking figure out. So, <laughs> all of these fucking horrific deaths were in relation to the Guinness family. How is this story not Yeah, seriously, there? what's going on? Because you keep on saying stupid shit. <laughs> the Guinness clan, the family that still holds the name, have claimed no relation to anybody who's died in these deaths. Well, on a lighter note... Guinness's charitable accomplishments have echoed through centuries and continue to be one of the greatest charitable companies in the world. He still provides free meals to employees at St. James Brewery and past families and their families. Guinness is also known for its iconic marketing. Just stop. The past few years, they've been revealing just, a just, few collectible cans. Just stop. Nick, I feel like I'm in Joe, a really shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ, let him do his thing. Really Christ, just shut class. up. Let him do it. Fucking Christ, sit there and shut up. God. Such mascots have been incorporated in the marketing history. The smiling pint, a smiling sun rising over a Guinness, and a lobster drinking a pint. A lobster? The most iconic artwork was a campaign of a zookeeper chasing animals who stole his pint that, of Guinness. You are speaking with the most incredible enthusiasm right now. <laughs> I didn't realize this shit was so fucking long. Well, why did? Well, thanks for reading it right now. No, I read it. I read it earlier, but Oh, shit. okay. But now you're now you're realizing how long it is. I think it's full of dog shit. No, I knew it was long, but I don't know how much you want me to do because... Let's go. Just keep on going. Yeah, finish it. Let's go. I'm, I'm captivated right. right now. Ganesh's short and sweet slogans also played a huge role in their success. Starting in the 1920s with a, a Guinness a day, Guinness is good for you. Which at the time, many doctors were agreeing that Guinness was actually healthy. It had less alcohol and less calories than other beers. It was made fresh. They recommended it for pregnant women. This soon led to their slogan, Guinness for Strength. For Strength. And along with a new slogan, depictions of men carrying steel beams on their head, lifting up cards, chopping down trees, and a man pulling a horse-drawn wagon. Whoosh, I have a question about this. What the fuck is with one story talking about how green is evil and you shouldn't wear it or we're going to fucking hang you? And then this company's like, you know what? We're going to use green because fuck everybody else and fuck folk. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about with Guinness using the color green. That's what he just said. He said that if you drank a Guinness a day, you'd be, you'd be healthier. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the color green at all. He said the he said green. No, he didn't. Did you I, not talk about green? No, he didn't say green at all. <laughs> Nick is just like, and can I go again? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> God. <laughs> Hang in there. Oh okay, my God, everybody I shut up. It. Listen to Nick. So the toucan was one of their mascots? Yeah, 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 yeah. Toucan. Toucan Sam. No, fuck no, off. The toucan. Yeah. What, what's that all about? I didn't know that. It is. I, I did that. not know that. Actually, I did know that because yeah, I read go. all of it. I this. didn't know that. I didn't know that. I did not know. Oh, wait, I did know that. Wait, I, had, I got forced to read all this shit. That's why I know that. He, he came with his own politic slogan. If he can say as you can, Guinness is good for you. How grand to be a toucan. Just think what to. Toucan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was the fucking right. most. <laughs> Let me redo that. Let me redo oh, that. Right. Wow. Take two. 
take First the... off, did you say poetic or politic? I heard politic. Po- poetic. Okay, all I right. heard politic. Not your fault, but the format you sent this in isn't the easiest to read. Yeah, I, I know, agree. I know, I know. He fucked it. I know. All I right. know. I, I, sh- I should have made everything way easier for everybody. I know. Uh, yeah, like put it in a Word document <laughs> instead of like fucking yeah. Google Drive. Well, well, I don't know. You could have said that, I don't know, two weeks ago. We did. We actually, thanks. we all did. That's, you never said anything. Uh, we all, but check thanks, the chat. Thanks, check bud. Check the fucking chat. Thanks, bud. Came thanks, with bud. its own poetic slogan. If he can say as you can, good Guinness is good for you. How grand to be a toucan. Just think what toucan do. <laughs> Jesus. That's absolutely terrible. That's awesome. Uh, I love everything that's going on right now. All my body hurts. <laughs> I don't like anything. It's real. Oh, this is so it's awesome. Real. You want to try? You want? You, you want, you want to, to try going, that one again? You want me to keep going? You want to try that one again? No, third, take three. Take three. Just do the poem, the toucan poem. If he can say as you can, Guinness is good for you. How grand to be a toucan? Just think what toucan do. Yeah. Is that is that right? Just think <laughs> what two can do. Two can do. Oh, okay. Uh, you just uh, got that. Stupid. You oh just God. got that? No, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm not from the fucking 1860s, bro. All right. That was that was written. Is it T W O? That was written in the 1930s. That's still old as fuck. So you want to talk about some? Do you want to talk about some dark world records? Wait, we didn't even like begin to talk about world records. You're just gonna jump right into that. The Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> wait, wait, why, why, why are you skipping over the whole history of how it started? Okay, all right, all right. You want me to go? Yeah, go. All right. In the 1950s, the managing director of Guinness was invited to hunt some birds with some of his friends. He took a shot at a golden plover. Yeah. And missed. He blamed it on the speed of the bird. Quickly, the other men claimed that the red... I don't... I don't know. It's cut off. The red Glover? No. <laughs> Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Riggs! <laughs> Hold on. Will Jesus be Riggs! Will be Riggs! Riggs! Jesus Christ. Getting too old for, for shit. Riggs! Crying out loud. We'll be doing rigs. Uh, we'll be rigs. The red, the red grouse, the red grouse. Whatever the fuck Pitboss is saying, Jesus Christ, it's not funny at all. It is funny. Christ. It's funny. It's very funny. No, absolutely, everything is going to get completely fucking cut out. Whatever the hell you just said, uh, Jesus Christ, Glover. Oh my God, you know what? You know a celebrity that has the name Glover at the end of it. Yeah, we'll Jesus rigs. Christ, that's real fucking comedy right there. Wow, holy shit. Stu's losing his mind right Nick. now. Nick. Yes. The red grouse. Okay. Childish right. grouse, you know. The Thank men you. claim that Thank the red you. grouse Stu gets it. was the fastest. I don't. I totally do. So, later that night, they claimed the conclusion that no one ever had confirmed the speed of any game bird. In fact, he realized that most of thousands of questions have been asked across pubs in the country. Trying to figure out what who was the fastest bird. Well, figure out anything really. So they thought, hey, this we could actually make a book out of this. You know, who has the fastest, whatever the category may be. So Guinness hired twin brothers from London, Norris and Ross Mick Whiter, who had their own fact-finding business. They spent months researching and studying all the Western European game birds and finding all sorts of facts 
from around the globe, eventually leading to the first publication of the Guinness Book of World Records in 1955. It was 198 pages long, and within a few months it became so popular that Guinness had to hire more people to work on yearly issues, and it's still going strong today. So, speaking of world records... What's the world record for the biggest poop? World records, we have some dark records that... I, oh nah, shit. I wanna, I wanna these are these are real records, okay? I'm not making this shit up. I'm so horny right now. So let's start with everyone's favorite kidney stone. What? <laughs> the largest kidney stone ever removed was a little short of five inches wide. Ew. Whoa. That's bigger than your kidney. The heaviest kidney stone ever removed was the weight of four baseballs. What the fuck is happening? Why did we pick kidney stones? I don't understand. Because this. that's what we did. Shut the fuck up. The <laughs> most expensive kidney stone in history is none other than William Shatner's kidney stone. <laughs> It sold for $25,000. What? What the fuck? I don't, I don't understand the kidney stone reference. In 2017, Frank Vaca already had the record for most tongue piercings at 18. He was given another record as he got two more. Tongue piercings? Yes. So he has 20. Ugh. He has 20 tongue piercings. How? In his... How does your tongue fit that? This, is a, this, this is a fun one. Joel Migler holds the record for most flesh tunnels in the face. <laughs> More what? Flesh tunnels. The fuck is that? He has 11. One in each earlobe, one in each nostril, three above his teeth, <laughs> two in his something. He could fit a broom handle through. Two, two in his something? It's, it's cut off. I have, I have no Why fucking is it? word. Here. Oh my god, I hate you. Wait, what's a flesh tunnel? What's a flesh tunnel? A vagina. I guess just a hole of skin in your face. A hole? Right? No, it's it's a hole. It's what's a, a hole. what's a hole of skin? <laughs> Did you mm. pick these records, Woosh? Is that what happened? <laughs> no, no, fuck you. Continue. You, All right, continue. <laughs> yeah, let's I did. yeah, let's switch. Yeah, let's did. switch. Um, let's switch gears here. The longest distance of milk squirted from someone's eye. What? What? What the? Ilker Yilnaz of Turkey <laughs> squirted milk out of his eye. Nine feet and two inches. What? What? So That's a thing? I, I don't even know. Like, I, I've never even heard of something like that. You can squirt milk so, out of your eye? I didn't know that was possible, but I guess Luke, it is. can you squirt milk out of your eye? Yeah, but I can only do three feet. Hey, do you guys like spiders or do you hate spiders? I hate spiders. No spiders. Do, do you kill a spider when you see it in your house? Yeah, absolutely. I have a gun designed for, for spiders. Well, the largest spider in the world is the Goliath bird eater. It can grow up to 11 inches wide, covering a full dinner plate. Ah! Although it, although its bite is not poisonous, it hurts like a bitch. <laughs> I would burn my house down if I saw one of those. Of it. That is the official wording in the Guinness Book of World Records right there. The most painful sting in the world actually comes from a bullet ant. Ew. People have said the pain is like that of a bullet wound, so I guess that's where it got its name. Why are we talking about ants for fucking St. Patrick's Christ. Day? Hey, Joe, thanks for like coming back into the podcast every random five minutes. It's the Guinness Book of World Records. What do you want me? You told me to listen. You told me to shut the fuck up and listen. I'm listening. You're not listening to 
shit, fucking moron over here. Others have said the pain is 30 times worse than a regular bee sting. Native to South America, it is traditional coming-of-age ritual for tribal men to wear a glove full of bullet ants. I've seen that. Trying not to show any pain. The sting is not lethal or venomous. This is why you don't leave the United States. <laughs> this is why you don't leave you the don't. United it's States. You don't. That's exactly why. Because the world is full you of shit. You just don't. Hey, let's go to another country. We're going to stick your fucking hand in a glove full of fucking ants that are going to feel like your hand's on fire after you bite them. No, let's not do that. That sounds like a terrible fucking idea. No balls. You know what? Fuck you. No. No balls. Okay. The largest object ever removed from a living human skull. It was eight inches hey, of survival Hey, hold up, hold up. Jesus knife. Christ. Can anybody else hear what he's fucking saying? No. Okay. Hey, Pit Boss, that's completely on you, so what the fuck? <sighs> Put those away. Oh. I'm eating the green ones. Okay, the largest object ever removed from a living human skull was eight inches of a survival knife intended to kill Michael Hill of Jacksonville, Florida. Whoa. Because, of course, Florida that man. would happen in Jacksonville, Florida. Of course, yeah. Florida, yeah. not like the rest of yeah. Florida. Florida. He walked to the hospital, area. couldn't feel any pain, and he was completely conscious. Huh. After removing the blade out of his brain, his left hand was left paralyzed, and he had some minor issues with memory loss and frequent headaches. Hmm. No. Speaking of Florida... No. Not at all. The world's most dangerous tree is the manchineel? Yeah. Of the Florida Everglades? The sap that its trunk excudes is so poisonous and acidic that the mere contact with human skin causes blisters and blindness. Even standing under it in the rain is enough to cause blistering if the skin is welted by raindrops containing sap. Huh. Huh. If one of these deadly trees is burned, the resulting smoke can cause blindness if it reaches a person's eyes. That should tell you all you need to know about Florida. Florida man, Florida man. Florida man. Especially Jacksonville, which somehow has a pro football team in it. I'll be in Jacksonville in a couple weeks. I just came back from there, like, less than a month ago. Oh, did someone ask earlier what was the largest shit that someone yeah, ever Yeah, I did. I asked that question, That's, actually. That actually is a record. Whoa. What is it? 136 pounds by a, <laughs> Holy shit. By a, one, by a one British man in Poland. One Think about piece. that. Think about that shit. What does that have to do with Ireland or These anything are that has fucking to do with Guinness Irish? Book World Records. Are you okay, not but like, following anything? Who the fuck anything? cares about Shut those? up. Like, seriously. Keep your mouth shut. Okay? Christ. Uh-oh. You with your fucking <laughs> bullshit over here showing up late pretending you didn't know when to show up. Fucking asshole. Keep your mouth shut. Mom. Alright, come over there. If I can stab that. you right in the neck. Right in the neck. Mommy, daddy, stop fighting. Do we want more do we want more world records or not? Yes. No, Keep please. Going, Keep going with the records. Please. Oh yes. Okay. The highest <laughs> how about the highest blood alcohol level ever recorded? See, oh, okay, I don't think you guess. Can I give you a guess? Yes. 15.7. Wow. What, what an idiot. Nope, that's absurdly high. Okay. <laughs> I guess that was wrong. About, about 7.8. Jesus Still Christ. outrageously high. Are you okay. talking <laughs> about like a person who's made out of alcohol? What the hell is wrong with you? 1.48. That's a lie. I've seen it way higher than that before. No, you have not. I have Blood so. alcohol no, content is measured by how many grams of alcohol per 100 milliliters of blood. Give or take, an average body contains 5,110 milliliters of blood. 
about 10% of your body is blood. It's all in my dick. <laughs> the American Health Association, which is known to be fucking straight on, it says the body can be affected by 0 0.05. The legal driving limit is 0 0.08. Huh. People die if their blood alcohol content is at 0.4. That's this, not true. People die Dude, I live at a 1.7 constant this, rate. This man who died in the car crash had three and a half times more than the legal limit in his system. Ugh. He died from injuries. I don't even, I mean, if you're four times almost over the legal limit and you're driving, how did he even get out of the driveway? You mean, how are you not blackout? Listen, spitting alcohol up affects people differently. I guess so. Yeah, so. your blood alcohol level was never 1.7. I've seen it. I've seen it. alcohol level. The way crazy than thing that. about this is this guy who died in the car crash actually his name was Patrick Guinness. <gasps> oh really? <gasps> no. <laughs> no that's, that's not. That's not true. But, a famous drink. You guys ever had a boiler maker? Yeah, that's when you put the Guinness inside a shot of whiskey, right? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. <laughs> no, okay, so yeah. You put an entire Guinness in one shot glass of whiskey. Shot of whiskey and a pint of beer. It was originally called that because all the Irish working in the boiler rooms in the mines who would order a stout and a, sh and a glass of whiskey. It became so common that the bartenders just started calling it a boiler maker. When people started mixing the drinks and heard about boiler makers, they assumed it was just a mixed drink. But when we drink a Guinness Stout now and a glass of Irish whiskey, we think of the pride and passion of the Irish and honor them with the way they liked to drink. Slotcha! Slotcha! There's a toast here, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. 100,000 welcomes. Kaid Mila Falcha. Everybody say it. Khalid Mila Falcha. That's right. my responsibilities over. Nice job, Nick. Thanks. Thanks for reading. Thanks, that. man. Thanks for everybody that listened, man. Um, nice job, Nick. I tried really hard. <laughs> I play in a band. We're the best in the land. We're big in both Chelsea and France. I play one mean guitar and then score out the bar. There's a line of chicks waiting for their chance. So come on now, honey, I'll make you feel pretty. These other gals mean nothing to me. Let's finish these drinks and be gone for the night, cause I'm more than a handful, you'll see. So kiss me, I'm shit-faced, I'm cold, I'm soiled and brown, in the trousers, she kissed me, and I only bought her one round. I can bench press a car, I'm an ex-football star, with degrees from both Harvard and Yale. Girls just can't keep up, I'm a real love machine. I've had far better sex while in jail. I decide to see his tower, I make two grand an hour. And I cook the world's best duck flambe. I'll take a pick of the litter, girls jockeying for me. I don't need these lines to get laid. Hey. I'm shit-based. 
soiled and I'm brown in the trousers she kissed me and I bought her I only bought her one round I'm a man of the night a real lady's delight see my finger was chiseled from stone one more for the gal then I'll escort her home Come last call, I'm never alone. I'm a house on the hill with a red water bed that puts Hugh Hefner's mansion to shame. With girls by the pool and Italian sports cars, I'm just here in this dump for the game. What the fuck are you doing? Hey, I'm shit faced. Oh, so. I'm soiled and brown in the trousers. She kissed me, and I only bought her one round. Ah, fuck it. Who am I shitting? I'm a pitiful sight, and I ain't all that bright. I'm definitely not chiseled from stone. I'm a cheat and a liar. I'm no woman's desire. I'll probably die cold and alone. But just give me the chance, cause deep down inside, I swear I got a big heart of gold. I'm a monogamous man, no more one night stands. Come on, honey, let me take you home. Look at me, I'm so proud. I'm a she fucked me. That was awful, guys. Thank you. This is what bad bands sound like. We could be a boy band. I never started. God damn it. <laughs> Stu, you piece of shit. I am. You are the biggest of piece of shit on this podcast. And that's and that's saying a lot. You know what? I'm not even gonna argue. I'm not even gonna that's argue. That's saying a lot because noobs on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not even gonna argue that. Why are you shirtless? Oh, yeah, why are you shirtless, Christ. you fucking weirdo? All right. Thank you, Weenus. Another great segment from him, just like last year's. But now we're gonna move in a totally different direction, go a little bit deeper into the Irish history, a little bit darker. Next up, we got Woosh with his segment. Woosh, take it away. All right. So I'd like to thank um, Weenus for your great uh, subject on um, the Guinness, the Guinness Curse, Guinness Book of World Records, all that. Very good job. Thanks, man. Well, I'd like to thank uh, Twancha for uh, bringing up the idea that the uh, green represented the revolution. Fuck yeah, back brother. then. And that's why we wear green. I also want to thank uh, Pit Boss for talking about the all the rebellions that happened in the in the famine. Thank you so much because well, that's yeah. going to kickstart right. everything that I'm about to do here. So obviously, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Oh fuck! Right? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Oh. We got the first What's sentence in, <laughs> and then I always got wait, 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 Okay, we're way the fuck past that shit. Jesus yes, Christ, oh, noobs. You did it already? Like, like okay. way past it. No, we didn't even do it, okay? Thanks for being on time. Thank you. Uh. Jesus Christ. 
I thought you were, I thought you were doing it after each. Okay, segment. yeah, but you know what? Thanks for freaking. Would you like to interrupt the rest of this thing too? No, that, would that be good? Would, would you like to go back to brunch? I don't know. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> Fuck. Oh shit! You're gonna go there. Awesome. All right. All right. Awesome. Fuck. <laughs> Piece of shit. Oh, you are. Shouldn't come as any surprise that the rebellions uh, during the famine were not the first, and they sure as hell weren't the last rebellions that Ireland ever had to do against the English. Uh, so starting maybe about 10 years after the worst of the famine, we got the establishment of what is known as the Fenian Brotherhood, which was an organization made up by discriminated Irish people, mainly in America. And it kind of quickly branched off into little subdivisions here, whether it be political, whether it be violent, whether it be paramilitary, all kinds of stuff. So one of them was called the IRB the Irish Republican Brotherhood. And these guys were a big deal. Now, they become this group that went out and carried out paramilitary attacks against the British. They would go and assassinate British. They would go and attack British. They would go and steal guns and everything like that. It was all little, tiny, like, gangster stuff, though. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, but one of the biggest things that they tried to do was an event in London, the Clerkenwell Prison Outrage. One fellow IRB member in prison in the Clerkenwell prison. Some other IRB members wanted to go and break him out. Now their plan, though, was to show up at one of the walls, the stone walls of the prison, right, uh, right on the other side of the courtyard where they let the prisoners kind of do their exercise and stuff like that. So they wanted to bring a whole bunch of gunpowder and blow up the wall and then let this uh, IRB member come out during this time when, he, when, when they let him out. Well, the problem here is that the British pretty much knew that something was going to happen, so they kept him inside his cell. And then these guys still carried out the attack, and they had way too much gunpowder. Way too much. They ended up blowing up the wall. That worked out fine. But they blew up the entire neighborhood around the wall. And there was innocent British civilians all in there. Like 12 people died, 120 were injured. The whole neighborhood w was just destroyed. Furthermore, since they kept that guy in his cell, they didn't even break out anybody. Nobody even like made an attempt to escape. It was like, let's just blow up shit in London. That's pretty much what it came down to. They caught those guys, obviously. They sentenced them to hang. And the only thing that they really accomplished was that, well, England hated Ireland even more now. And maybe they might get a couple points for being the very last people that were ever publicly executed in London. Those are the last people executed in London? Execu executed publicly. Oh, publicly. Okay. Uh, a few years later, there was another boy that was sent to London to... Pretty much do the same exact thing. He had, a, he had his mission to uh, carry out all these bombing attacks on London. And the Fenians told him that this is what they want him to do. It was a big organization. It was very, very criminal to look at it that way. But they were trying to establish that they wanted Ireland to be free again. So a little, I mean, I mean, I mean seeing what the British did during the famine, it's kind of hard to blame them for wanting to attack the British forever now. But they ended up catching this guy and he had a whole bunch of dynamite on him and they sentenced him to prison. He had to actually arrive in London under an alias name of Henry Wilson. They couldn't use his real name. They didn't want him to know who he actually was. But Ireland will always remember him by his actual name and as the leader of the new founding IRB, Thomas James Clark. This guy was the founder of the newest 
and most successful revolution in Irish history. So let's talk about this guy a little bit, Thomas James Clark. So he went to prison and he spent about 15 years in prison. He got life, but they released him after 15 years after um, a uh, Irish politician was kind of pleading to uh, let this guy go because pretty much he didn't actually do any crimes. They just caught him possibly about to do some crimes. But during his time in prison, you got to remember, this is back in the late 1800s. I mean, these prisons were practically dungeons still. Cold, wet stone everywhere. Very terrible beds. It was like a plank of wood, pretty much. And what the British did to the prisoners back in those days was they would constantly be bombarding these prisoners in their cells and just beating the shit out of them. They wouldn't give them the right amount of food. It would usually be rotten, too. And they... And they just uh, would put them under this constant psychological torture. The whole reason why they were beating up the prisoners was so that they would keep on screaming and yelling during the night so nobody could ever get any sleep. These prison guards didn't want these IRB prisoners to be sleeping at all. So they, they, they were trying to really, really psychologically break them down. It was terrible. And he had to put up with this for 15 years. And the biggest rule that the prisoners had was that they could not speak to anybody, especially not to the other prisoners. If they caught you speaking to the other prisoners, they would shoot you on sight. So 15 years go by, Tom Clark is released. And he's pissed now. He's really fucking... He, he hated the British before. He didn't really have an insane personal connection to the hatred for British. It's not like they really did anything personally to him. He just heard stories uh, about what they did and everything. But now, now Tom is freaking pissed. He goes back to uh, Ireland and he goes and starts up this, this movement again. And by that time, the IRB is kind of done. They're not really around, so he wants to start up again, and the only thing this guy can think about is how can I get all of these Irish people to rally up again and make an army and cause a, a revolution to take back our island. So he That's was the, pissed. No, only thing. He was oh, happy. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> he was livid. He was pissed. He Anyways. was fucking happy, dude. So he did, and uh, but the biggest thing that he learned from his time in the IRB, though, was that they weren't very good at keeping a secret. The whole reason about why he was caught in the first place was because there was spies in the IRB that knew exactly what they were doing. So that's why they caught him to begin with. He knew that, all right, this time we got to keep everything on the low key, all right? So just make uh, fake stores, uh, buy up property in other countries and like have them as a front for planning this revolt and gaining support. And But also at that time, fortunately for him, there was these little groups around Ireland. They were all called like the Gaelic clubs. It was all these people that wanted to preserve the Gaelic traditions, the ancient Irish stories and things like that. Because the British, all they wanted to do was cancel that shit out. They, they, they didn't want anybody doing that stuff. They arrested you for it. So, what they, so, so they were really, really good at keeping secret anyway they were meeting up in little houses in the valleys somewhere you know like nobody ever knew that they were doing it so they were singing gaelic songs doing gaelic dances irish stories stuff like that a lot of gay shit this is a gaelic dance gay dance inappropriate inappropriate boy gay dance sorry like a soccer sorry, mom cut it out. Don't, don't shoot the messenger cut it out right now don't shoot the messenger <laughs> the messenger of what of this who gave you that message? <laughs> <laughs>
Woosh, woosh, you can't blame him. He's, all, he's already had, he's had one shot, so he's all fucked up. I would, I would snap every single bone in his body if I was there right now. Such a jerker. Such a jerker. I would. There's absolutely nothing that would stop me from making sure you are just a freaking bloody pile of shit in the corner. I would get your freaking rat dogs to eat up what's left of you. Wow, that's, that's fucked. Anyways, all right. So fortunately for him, it was pretty easy to find these people that he knew he could trust and that really believed in the perseverance of real Irish culture. Now, the also thing, the, the bigger thing about him was that he couldn't be like known as like the the leader. He couldn't be known as the king that started. He didn't want everybody to rally around him. He wanted uh, people that really believed in this shit to also be leaders because it would inspire them to go out and get more and more people. So not too many people talk so much about Tom Clark, but he really is the guy that got everything started. And the reason why they don't talk about him is because he wanted other people to be as big as him. That didn't work the first time around. There was like one guy that everybody knew. It was like this guy, right? And then it's like, okay, so everybody spied on him because everything came down from him. So Tom knew what he was doing. So with that... Tom established the newer IRB. They all started planning what exactly they were going to do for a revolution. And then the best thing that could ever happen, happened. 1914. World War I. And I know that sounds fucking weird when I say that. But when you think about it this way, these Irish, when they're told that most of the British are going to get the fuck out of Ireland so that they can go fight in France or Belgium, like they're like, good, all right, there's going to be less of these assholes here. Let's freaking take back our country. So they start planning what exactly they're doing, but there's a little tiny thing that they need to be worried about. While the IRB was doing a great job keeping secret, keeping safe, all right, they're not really up in anybody's faces just yet. There's another group in Ireland, and they really want to be in everybody's face. And they were known as the Irish Civilian Army. And these guys were led by the one great James Conley. This guy is pretty much fucking George Washington as far as popularity is concerned. Let's talk a little bit about this guy. He grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland, in a little slum area called Little Ireland. And like I said, it was it was a ghetto. It was like it was like there was all these little studio apartments where like five families were shoved into, and there was hardly any enough food. There was no jobs and anything, so they pretty much had to try to rely on each other to keep each other safe and healthy, and they could barely do it. And by the time James Conley was fourteen, he had to lie about his age to join the British Army. And the only reason why he wanted to join the army is so that he can make some money so that he could go and buy some food and bring it back to his family and all the other people in Little Ireland. But the first detail that they pretty much gave him was that he had to uh, ship him off to uh, Dublin and guard one of the prisons. He's in the, the prison where the British are freaking uh, torturing these people and he, he couldn't stand it. He tried to stick in there for the money, but he didn't last too long. And then he finally just broke away from that. And then he went back to Scotland and uh, people told him about this idea of socialism. And he became infatuated with it. Back then, I mean, you, can, you, you can't really blame this guy. Here's a guy that was freaking growing up in the slums, in, in the ghetto, and thinking to himself that... The whole reason why it is a slum, it is a ghetto, is because it was England's property, but they didn't give a shit. So he, his idea was, let's fucking force the government to help us. 
this is England, pretty much. This is their property. What the hell are they doing? Nothing. Let's go freaking force them to. So he became infatuated with this idea. He went over to America to talk about socialism, startup socialist uh, clubs. He actually became the founder of the trade union and also the uh, industrial warehouse workers union. That was a huge union. It had 13 million members at one time. And he was one of the... The WIA? The IWW. Oh, yeah. Where are you? Continue, continue, continue. What? God. No, you should should probably just stop talking. God, fucking retards. This is very important stuff right now. Retotty. Shut the fuck up. You just took a retotty. Okay. So he started up these unions. He started up these uh, socialist clubs. And what he was really trying to do was start up another big movement to bring back to Ireland. But a lot of people in America at that time, they wanted to be part of the union so that they could actually tell America, hey, give us our due. So none of them really had that much interest in Ireland at that point. So James went to Ireland, and then he tried to do the same thing there. He had a little bit of success, but I mean, there's a whole big difference between America and Ireland, and that difference is the goddamn British are in Ireland, and they don't give a shit about anybody. So... James pretty much was fucking pissed off about everything, but he started the unions up there too. And so there are all these people, especially in Dublin, they were working at all these factories everywhere and, you know, they were being treated like dirt. And then finally, he got them to sign up and be part of a union. And then they went, okay, hey, uh, listen, uh, you're only giving us enough money so that we can actually maybe afford our rent and a little bit of fucking food. leprechaun. And now I have to stop. Hey, hey, what's up? Are you guys drunk? Are you guys drunk yet? <laughs> Hello? No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are, you, are you? Leprechaun. <laughs> are you having any drinks tonight or what? Joe, how you doing? Yo. Where you been? Is that, is that Josh? Josh and Josh? Josh and Josh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, do you, do you know this other guy with the glasses? Where? Right here? Yeah. With me. Introduce yourself. What's up? Introduce We're yourself. Up here. Hey, uh, this, yeah, this Mike, is Pit Boss. Mike, Pit Boss. Oh, there. That's, yeah, I know. You do? Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, we know. We're friends, yeah. We're going back a what long time. What happened to the mustache? <laughs> it's gone. It's <laughs> gone. Paisan, where's the mustache? It's gone. You, you gotta still, grow back, still look good. Why did you... Why did you get rid of it? I don't know. I just cut it. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck you. Bye. Awesome. Are you kidding awesome. me right now? Are you kidding so, me? All right. So you got all of these people here in, in Dublin that uh, signed up for this union. And they pretty much tell their bosses, like, hey, listen, we're, we're barely making it by here. You're only giving us enough money to, like, barely afford our rent and a little bit of food to feed our families. And this is bullshit. So we're not coming back to work until you agree to a raise for all of us. And then their bosses pretty much go, okay, how about we try this? Uh, You guys can go fuck yourselves. And literally anybody that isn't part of the union that's still working here, you better sign this pledge. And you say, you will never sign up for a union. If you don't sign it, I'm firing you today. What a fucking asshole. 
That's, union that's... bashing. Union bashing. <laughs> what that caused was uh, an event called the Dublin Lockout of 1913. Yeah. So all of these union members, they thought, all right, maybe if we just uh, wait it out for a little while, maybe these freaking moron companies will realize that they're not fucking making a profit if they don't have our workers here. But these freaking English companies, they just said like, um... No, we don't give a shit. There's fucking plenty of people out there that'll come and freaking work for freaking nothing. We don't care. Fuck those so, cabs. So these guys, they were out on the streets and they were getting kicked out of their apartments. They could barely freaking eat anything. They were starving. And then they said, okay, enough is enough. They're going to go back to work. But these company owners, these factory owners, are like, absolutely not. They locked the doors on them. So there's 20,000 Irishmen that are all in the streets of Dublin trying to freaking break into these factories to get their jobs back, and they can't. And then they call in the cops because it's pretty much a riot at that time. And these aren't any old cops. This is the Royal Irish Constabulary. And these guys, instead of trying to control everybody or talk to anybody, they just whip out their batons and start running rampant in the street and beating the shit out of anybody they see. They don't even matter if they're part of the freaking lockout unions or anything like that. They just run. It's one of the biggest baton charges in history. And it sucked. Well, James Conley was arrested, and he spent about three months in prison. And he was ready to die. James Conley said, that's it. I'm going on hunger strike. I'm dying in prison if you guys keep on doing this. But they called for his release, and he was. And then after he was released, just like uh, Tom Clark, he started up his own army. It was called the Irish Civilian Army, like I said before. But James had the same idea as uh, the IRB. He saw that England is going to war. There's going to be less British in Dublin and the whole island in general. And he said, all right, while most of the British is gone, let's take back our island. But he was ready to go. He didn't want to wait. He didn't want to plan. He didn't want anything. Just anybody that I had in this army, let's just go and fucking kill people. And Tom Clark and the rest of the IRB was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, dude, hold up. If you go and you do this thing, we're going to fail. You're going to fail. And then what the English is going to do, they're just going to send in more freaking British because they know that there's a bunch of people that want to do violent shit here. So let, let's talk about something here, all right? If you join us, we join you, and then we'll freaking put our forces together. This will be much better. Even though James Conley believed in socialism and the IRB believed in a free republic, they were kind of like, listen, the point is that if we don't do anything now, we will not have a country that we can choose what kind of country we're going to be. That is the biggest thing here. At that point, though... James Conley, Tom Clark, and a couple other people knew that there was no way that they were going to have enough people to start a real big revolution. But probably big enough to start an idea. They knew that they were going to be killed for it. They knew that maybe if they could send a message to the rest of the world that if we stood up to the British Army and held them off for just long enough, and maybe the idea will echo throughout the world about how terrible the English are and what we did here, and that will start the revolution. And that is where the plans for the Easter Rising really started. So the real plan, on one day, pretty much in every major city in Ireland, we're talking Glasgow, Cork, Belfast, uh, Waterford, a couple other places, but, but mainly Dublin. They were going to 
have everybody take over these buildings, uh, set up strongholds in them, and tell the British to go fuck themselves. And if they want to try to attack, go ahead. But they're going to be there, yeah. right? Hell yeah. Now, again, like I said, they, they didn't have enough people to do this. They didn't have enough guns to do this. But England was at war with Germany. This is going to sound weird when I say this. Does, did Joe just hang himself? <laughs> Damn. Yo, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> what was that? It really did sound like that. <laughs> Joe, are you dead? What the fuck, dude? One of the uh, other leaders that uh, Tom Clark appointed, his name was uh, Joseph Plunkett. He wanted to go to Germany and discuss a plan with them that said, Hey, we don't have enough guns. Is there any way that you guys can ship over an entire boat full of weapons to us? In return... We'll take care of the whole west half of the island, bring a whole shitload of your troops over onto this part of the island, sweep across the nation of all the freaking British that we didn't take care of, and then you can have Ireland as a port and then attack England from here. So that's pretty much what their plan was. Obviously, the Irish wanted the Germans to win. Germany did agree to send over the boat full of weapons, but whether or not they were going to do that actual plan of landing in Ireland... I'm I haven't really seen any information about it. The only thing is that the boat didn't make it. The boat uh, was intercepted by the uh, Royal English Navy, and they were kind of fucked. Those sneaky Brits. So they decided that they were going to do this thing on Easter Sunday in 1916. But when they found out that the boat was captured, and they took away the guns, and they were also arresting a couple people that they found out were part of this movement... The head honcho that they appointed, the leader of the IRB, his name was Owen McNeil. And he said, no, okay, all right, all right, all right, cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. He put it in the newspapers. Listen, cancel the freaking rising. We're not doing it. But he wasn't part of the military council. Tom Clark, James Conley, and five others were. And they were like, fuck you, guy. Because they were ready. And they knew that there was all these other guys. They were ready. They were ready to go. And, and like I said, Tom and, and James, they knew that they weren't going to win. They knew that they had to do something to send a message. And they knew they were going to die. So they were like, we, we got to do this. And if we're not doing this now, it's, it's never going to fucking happen. So they took it to a vote. And they said, we're obviously not doing it today on this Easter Sunday. Let's wait 24 hours. Then that's when we'll hit. There was about 4,000 members in total that were uh, part of this IRB and the uh, Irish Civilian Army, but maybe about a thousand of them showed up in Dublin the next day. And they took over a couple buildings here and there, kind of like deciding, you know, on, on their structural positions where snipers could get on top of the rooftops and see where the British would be coming, whether or not the buildings were made out of stone so that they could barricade themselves in. So it was, it was huge. Then Monday comes along. They take over these buildings, they kick people out, and even if it wasn't a building, they had to establish roadblocks. So there was people going into Irish uh, homes and kicking them out and stealing furniture and whatever the hell they could to establish these big roadblocks in the streets. Well, obviously the Irish were kind of, the regular Irish were like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, these people, they come out of nowhere and start kicking us out of our house. Like, hey, England, let's go. Get these assholes out of here. What happened pretty much was the main military council of the IRB, they took over the general post office. And that's pretty much the headquarters of where everything started. One of the leaders, his name was Patrick Pierce. 
And right after they took over the building, he read Ireland's version of the Declaration of Independence. It was called the Provisional Government of the Irish Republic. <laughs> Irish men and Irish women, in the name of God and of the dead generations from which she receives her old traditions of nationhood, Ireland, through us, summons her children to her flag and strikes for her freedom. There, there's more, but I won't get into it. Did you pull a Nicolas Cage for that? <sighs> did you... Did you, did you pull a Nicholas Cage for that? What are you fucking stupid? Like, why would you even say that? You fucking knob. <laughs> fucking knob. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Now, the weird thing about it is that, like I said, most of the regular Irish people there, even if they weren't really Irish, they were English people living in Dublin, they were kind of like, oh, good, another one of these freaking freedom fighters over here spreading his freaking bullshit. Yeah, go get a job, asshole. That's pretty much the attitude that they were giving these guys, because you got to understand, like, Dublin was like the most English town or English city in Ireland. But one of the first British people to go down was actually one of the IRC officers. And he was on a horse, and for some reason he had a lance. Lance Banks. And he saw one of the roadblocks in the road. And he saw all these guys that were hiding behind the roadblock with their muskets or whatever the hell they had. And this guy decided, hey, it would be a good idea for me to freaking charge them with my lance. Like a freaking moron. He ran after them, and then they shot him right in the face. He died. They picked up the lance, and the legend has it that they actually used the lance to hang up the tricolors. This was not Ireland's flag at the time. This became Ireland's flag afterwards. Wow. So he took it, they used it as a flagpole, they shoved it in a manhole cover and it stayed there for the entire rebellion. So the rest of the freaking constabulary come out, they go to the general post office, they're like, what the hell is going on here? And they're instantly met with this firepower from all over. The whole bunch of them die, and then they don't waste any time. Ah, oh, England, help us! Send the army, send everybody! And then all of a sudden, England was going, I don't know, let's send over one of the newer regiments, I don't know. They got a regiment over here, very poorly trained, very new. They were called the Sherwood Foresters. And they didn't even tell them what the hell was going on. They were just like, uh, just get on the freaking boat, pack up your shit, we're going. And of course, they're waiting for these orders to go over and fight in World War One. So they, were, they finally get these orders. All right, I guess we're going to war now. Yay, good, let's go, let's get this going. All of a sudden, they're thrown on a boat, and it takes them right to Dublin, and they're like, what the hell are we doing here? What, what's going on? But they're met by the people of Dublin. And they love them. The people who live in Dublin were like, oh, thank God somebody's there to take care of these freaking assholes. But they didn't even really say anything. They were like, thank God that you're here. They had this big breakfast line. There was freaking tea and coffee and bacon and biscuits and all kinds of stuff. They're like, thank God you're here. Now still, this Sherwood Foresters, they didn't know what the hell was going on. They were just like, eh. Ireland's pretty cool. Finally, their commander comes down. They're like, uh, I guess we got to go to the, the post office or some shit. I don't know. All right, let's go. They still didn't even know what the hell was going on. So they start marching, 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 and they're freaking happy. It's a beautiful day. Everything's great. They got full bellies. And then all of a sudden, snipers! 
snipers from all over the place take out the entire freaking one group that was coming up the road. And they're like, what the hell's going on? And add on to the fact that these guys didn't weren't even trained that well. So they don't even know what the hell's going on. They're freaking dodging behind shit, running all over the place. Then they're just getting freaking picked off by these guys that were, have been training for this revolution for, I don't know, probably the better part of three years now. So these guys know what they're doing, and these freaking Sherwood Foresters don't know shit. But here's the weird thing about it. Give it to me. The smart guys, the actual commanders that actually have war experience, they're like, okay, the fucking snipers are up there. Don't go down here. Makes sense, right? Maybe we can just go around side, and then we can take them out. But here's the stupid thing about the English army. They can't just do that. They need to call it in first. And say, this is what we're going to do. You guys okay with that? So pretty much you got some freaking English morons over here. They're like, ah, hello chaps. Ah, uh, seems to be in a wee bit tiffy we is. But, no worry, no. We're gonna head right round and then we'll be fine. Right, right? <laughs> but there was a whole bunch of other fucking morons that... I, I don't even know why the hell it happened. There was freaking English morons that are on the other side. And they're going, no, 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 lads. All right, the English army must take on the rebellion by full force. Show the Queen's army its strength. Cheerio. Fucking unbelievable how stupid these guys were. And then those commanders of the Sherwood Forwarders are like, I don't know, they, they fucking told us to keep on going. So, I don't know, let's just keep on fucking going. Meantime, they're getting freaking bombarded by snipers, by freaking barricades over here. And they're freaking throwing grenades and shit. It's freaking, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. And pretty much the Sherwood Foresters... They, they die. All right, uh, we're dead now. So England goes, oh, fine. Then they send in a different regiment. These guys were the Staffordshire Regiment. And still not really that well trained, but a, a tiny a little bit better. The biggest difference about these guys, they're fucking ruthless. They don't give a shit, especially their commanders. They were ready for blood. And of course they were ready for war too, so I mean, you can't really blame them. But when they go to Ireland, they're like, yeah, fuck this. Bring in the machine guns, bring in everything we got. We're going to level the city because we don't give a shit. Now they run into Dublin and they got guys that are freaking shooting up the rooftops all over the place. They got the machine guns just filling up buildings. They don't even know who the fuck is in there. They don't care. And a lot of these people that were kicked out of their house by the IRB, they're hanging out in, like, a neighbor's house that didn't get kicked out. They're hanging in the, in the kitchen. They're in the cellar. And these guys just run in, and they don't know who the IRB is because they're not wearing colors or anything like that. So they just figure any man in Dublin is part of the IRB and needs to be executed at once. So these guys are barging into freaking buildings and ripping men out from their loved ones and, like, bringing them upstairs or bringing them outside. Poof, right in the heads. They didn't give a shit. And now the Dubliners are like, what the fuck? We didn't like these freaking IRB guys for kicking us out of our house and everything, but at least they weren't freaking executing all of us on the side of the street. What is this all about? And then these guys, they, they needed to stay out of the way of sniper fire because they were all over the place. So they said, bust into one house, and instead of running around outside, let's knock down the fucking walls inside these houses. Kind of smart. So it just made a whole bunch of holes and just made this hallway through all these apartment buildings so that they could constantly stay in cover. They didn't care. They were ready to freaking demolish the city. And then when they pretty much couldn't go anymore, they executed more people. And then they brought in the Helga. The Helga was a steam-powered warship that was docked in Dublin. 
And the IRB didn't know that English would be this bad. They had no idea that this little thing that they were doing was going to bring in artillery fire. This thing had a freaking three-pound cannon on it, and it lit the city on fire. That's all it did. It, it, it could travel down the Lifty River. The Lifty River divides Dublin in two. So it could pretty much have any kind of aim it wanted on anything. And it just started destroying buildings left and right. They didn't give a shit. But now the freaking people that lived in Dublin were like, okay, fuck the English, Jesus Christ, this is stupid. And one of the guys, actually, that started executing people, he was executing British officers that was trying to stop him. This is a really fucked up thing. One of the British soldiers decided that, you know what, this guy needs to be court-martialed. And guess what happened to that guy? <laughs> During the court trial, they said, no, this guy's just kind of crazy. Sent him off to the nice asylum for a couple years, maybe one year. And then, you know what? Uh, he'll go into forced retirement, give him his full pension. We'll give him a really nice house to live in in Canada because he's not a murderer. He's just kind of crazy. So just let him go. The guy that court-martialed him, immediately taken out of the army and immediately stripped of all of his military benefits. So that's what you get from being... A nice guy in the English army. Sons of bitches. So what the rising was, was a week long hold off of all the British that were in there. This was, like I said, about a thousand soldiers of the IRB, regular civilians against probably about 10,000 British troops that came in and they held them off for as long as they possibly could. James Conley tried to advance to another building, but unfortunately a bullet ricocheted off the sidewalk and got him through the ankle and he couldn't walk anymore, and he was in excruciating pain. And the rest of his soldiers wanted to actually, you know, get him to a hospital somewhere, but he said, fuck no, I'm staying here in the freaking post office, and I'm guiding my troops. Because, like I said, he knows that he was going to die for this. There was no reason to go to a hospital. He stayed there for about another two days, and then it was April 29th, Saturday, when they finally said, we, we gotta give up now because the British are just freaking executing way too many people. They're freaking taking people out of their homes, and if we stay any longer, England will probably send over bombing planes and just freaking level the whole city. We can't keep this up. We did our best. Most of the IRB members that were still left, they were let go, or, you know, at least maybe put in prison for a little while. All of the leaders of the IRB, though, were sentenced to death. While they were in prison, uh, James Conley was able to meet with his wife for one last time. His wife knew that he was going to die. She said, but James, your life, your beautiful life. And James replied to her, I, but wasn't it a full life? And isn't this a good way to go? Clark was also given his last rites too. His wife came in. And he told his wife, please deliver a message to the Irish people. My comrades and I believe that we have struck the first successful blow of freedom. And so sure as we are going out this morning, so sure will freedom come as a direct result of our action. In this belief, we die happy. The closing lines of the proclamation read, In this supreme hour, the Irish nation must by its valor and discipline, and by the readiness of its children to sacrifice themselves for the common good, prove itself worthy of the august destiny to which it is called. That was the Easter Rising of 1916.
Just to go over it briefly, because you might have mentioned that I didn't mention anything about the IRA yet. Yeah, you didn't mention anything about the IRA. The IRA actually comes up about three years later, when the remaining members are able to establish themselves into another army, another guerrilla warfare group, because they realize that there's absolutely no way that they can take out the English head-on the way that they were doing. So... They decided to do this guerrilla warfare tactic. They called themselves the Irish Republican Army, and it started the Irish Revolutionary War. And this brought in what we know as the Black and Tans, pretty much a police force that was established by Churchill, Winston Churchill, made up of a whole bunch of people from the the First World War that were all shell-shocked and they were all kind of going crazy and everything. And I said, you know what, we'll give you guys a job. You guys can go over to Ireland and fuck shit up. They were called the Black and Tans because of the uh, black shirts and black caps that they wore and the tan uniforms underneath. So three years of fighting the Revolutionary War and England kind of gives up. But they didn't really give up. What they established is home rule. And this is not the first time that they have tried to propose home rule. Home rule itself is, there's way too much to get into about it. There's all this political jargon, especially old-time political jargon, that I did not have enough time or passion to understand what it's about. But it's pretty much like, hey, we'll leave your country, and you guys can do you, do whatever the hell you want. But when it comes down to it, if we ever need you, like for a war, or if we ever suddenly need to tax you or anything, we can, because technically you're still ours. You're just kind of doing your, your thing. And Canada and kind of Australia, I mean, they kind of have like similar backgrounds in that whole thing too. But the Irish were kind of like, uh, well, if this will stop you guys from starting another war again, then okay. But there's a whole bunch of other guys that are real diehard IRA members. And they were like, fuck no. We have had rebellion after revolution for freaking centuries now. And we're not going to give in now. So there's this big divide in what Ireland wants to do about England. And that starts the Irish Civil War. And that lasted until about uh, 1923, I think. The first thing the IRA freaking did after that was that they were taking out a couple British officers that were still in Ireland. And Churchill was like, Hello, governor! What's this I hear about you taking out some of me blokes with your wicker snuckers? That was a great, that was a great impression. Thank you, thank you. How about you get your cronies under control? I don't want to have to over me army, do I? Why did you the Irish? Why did you southern right there? Why is that a southern accent now? That wasn't a southern accent. You are terrible with trying to guess what kind of accent uh, is ever presented. You, you are the absolute worst ever. All right? Accent. It's like I'm fucking it, it, listening to freaking Beetlejuice try to freaking describe anything. Stop it. So, you thanks. just went from thanks. a terrible British accent. No, you have absolutely straight, no idea what you're talking a about. straight Kentucky fucking whiskey accent. You've been an idiot your whole freaking life. You don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> your mother told me you were a mistake. See, now, 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 you're just, now you're just trying to make things personal. That's not okay. That's well, me. I don't know. You stop being rude. Stop being rude. He's projecting. Stop, pre stop projecting. <laughs> you're not mad at me. You're mad at your father. Yeah, that's you, you, that, that's probably like the fourth time you said that ever since we started doing podcasts. So thanks for being original. It's really nice. You're all like right, a go, fucking bot. Go. That's all you are. You are so crabby right now. Why are you so crabby? <laughs> Everybody, it's just everything you say is stupid. 
Why did you just go sense. southern? That was nothing southern hey, about what you I did. Had. You had a southern nothing freaking southern, southern about anything. <laughs> you and you, you think I'm going to listen to a guy that thinks that like when somebody did a freaking Jamaican accent, he thought it was Australian? That's so it. like no you judge. failed. I can't you, you do a failed. Jamaican accent. I'm not good at it. It's I not. Any, I didn't even say anything about you doing it. It's just what you heard. That's what you predicted. And you were wrong. You went from English. I heard what you said. I heard what you said. All right, all right, food, all right finish go. your fucking segment, would you food, please, for fuck's sake? How about you don't fucking interrupt me, and then maybe I could finish it, you fucking asshole. <laughs> God damn. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyways, this started, like I said, the oh. Irish Civil War. It was green-on-green violence for a little less than a year. Until the IRA pretty much decided to give up. And that was the beginning of what we call the IRA. And I will stop there as far as history is concerned. My drink that I present to everybody, the Black and Tan. Now, regardless of what you might hear in Ireland or whatever, the black and tan was not made to give any kind of praise to the actual black and tans. Mixing of beers has actually been a thing around since like the 15th century. That's actually how they started porter and stout. But the thing that doesn't really help their cause, though, is that a traditional black and tan is made with Guinness and Bass, which is an English ale, so it doesn't really... It helped the, the name cause. But if you go to Ireland, you don't be a dick. You don't ask for a black and tan if you really want it. You ask for a half and half. And it's usually made with harp as being the light beer. Well, if you haven't known about a black and tan before, it's pretty much a light lager at the bottom with a black stout on top. And the, actual, the stout will actually float on top because, believe it or not, stout is less dense than lager. And it's delicious. Okay. So, here we're going to do a harp. You fill it up a little bit about halfway. That was not poured right. The uh, bartender way of doing a black and tan is you get a nice good soup spoon. And the trick to making a perfect black and tan is you got to dip your spoon in the glass a little bit. You try to keep it as flat as possible, but you don't ever want to hover the spoon over the glass. That is a bad idea. The idea is that you want to slowly pour your stout over the spoon and let it trickle down the side of the glass inside. We can't, we can't see what you're doing. Just like, yeah, no. because that's like freaking three things there. Oh, that was a bad idea. Yeah, you gotta drop the fuck out of that thing. This is gonna be a epic well, whatever. If you can do this. All right, so you slowly pour it over the top of the spoon. Slowly. That's the key. I'm learning so much. It's like, like an episode of Mr. Wizard. And you can use the uh, black and tan turtles that they sell. They even have this weird disc that goes on top of the pint glasses called the perfect black and tan. Yeah, either way, though, you still have to do it really, really slowly. So that's kind of a waste of money, to be honest. But this is the way that you make a full Irish black and tan. Boom! Ooh, look at that, huh? Would you look at it? And in honor of the IRB... And the revolution in Ireland, I toast Ireland forever. Ireland uh, go bra. Ireland go bra. Let's go, bra. <laughs> when boyhood's fire was in my blood, I read of ancient free men for Greece and Rome who bravely stood, 300 men and three men. And then I prayed I yet might see Our fetters rent in twain And Ireland, long a province 
A nation once again. A nation once again. A nation once again. An island strong, a province be. A nation once again. It whispered to that freedom's art and service high and holy would be profaned by feelings dark and passion vain or lowly. For freedom comes from God's right hand and needs a godly train and righteous men must make our land a nation once again. Nation once again. A nation once again. Island along a province be a nation once again. So as I grew from boy to man, I bent me to that bidding. My spirit of each selfish plan and cruel passion ridding. For thus I hope someday to aid. Oh, can such hope be vain when my dear country shall be made a nation once again? Nation once again. A nation once again. Then I long promise be a nation once again. Good job! Woo! Fucking good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking cut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And here we go with Mr. Beef Stew. Beef Stew, what do you got for us today? So. Sounds good. Uh, I'm going to talk about Dracula. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Dead and loving it. I thought he's from Transylvania. He is. He is. But we're actually talking about Bram Stoker's novel, Dracula. Bram? I'm talking about Irish Dracula. It's not Irish Dracula. Dracula. But. We'll eat gingers. The book that was published in 1897... In London, it was—it's uh, always been regarded as an English novel. Slaughter! <laughs> wow. However, there is a mountain of evidence to suggest that it could technically be an Irish story. Say what? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> not reading all of this. Yeah. So. so, what? Is, what is the actual? What, How about what you just uh, let him say it? Yeah, shut up, noobs. This is the one version of the legend of Chieftain Abranachlachla. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. This is going to be hell the best story yeah. ever. Years before the arrival of St. Patrick lived a chieftain named Abatak. Avatar, yes. I think that's how you say it. Avatar. Barack Obama. Avatar. Yeah, I said that better than anybody. Barack Obama. Avatar. Stop saying Obama. He was hated and feared by his people and surrounding clans. He was thought to be a wizard, a dwarf king, sorcerer, demon, 
and a vampire. Above all else, he was a tyrant wizard. (laughs) (laughs) He was greedy, lying, stealing, cruel, and a piece of shite. Oh my god. And a piece of shite. He would kill anyone he was suspicious of, even if he had no reason to be suspicious of them. One night, he creeps out of his window onto a ledge that leads to a room. But the ledge was too narrow for him, and he slipped and fell to the ground, landing on his neck. Holy shit. (laughs) Wow. He was dead, and when his clan found him, they raised their white hoods and... I'm just kidding. (laughs) When they found him, they all cheered and laughed. They bury him standing up as chieftains was supposed to be buried. (laughs) Awesome. The next morning, the people start hearing knocking at their doors. Knock, knock, knock. When they open, Abatak is standing there with a wooden bowl, sparking it up and blazing (laughs) to his neighbors. Hell yeah, man. He was demanding them to fill it with herb. Blood. Oh. (laughs) The clan is terrified of this, and they couldn't figure out why he was still alive. He was a dick before, and now he is demanding people to give him weed. What the hell is up with that? I don't think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Give me weed. So the clan goes to their neighboring clan chieftains, Kahan. They tell him this guy fell and died, and now he's back and demanding weed every day. Will you stop it with that goddamn... God! Hey, wait a minute. When he says weed, does he mean blood? Is that the Dracula Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, I get it. I get it now. I get what you're doing, Stu. Keep it up. Kahan says, oh, righty then. (laughs) Let me try. I can't. I can't. I can't. 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 You got to make a voice for Kahan. Yeah, get a voice for him. Okay, I just did Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura. Well, that means we'll you got to do Ace Ventura the whole time. <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> Alrighty then. Let me try to kill him. He sneaks into Abatak's village and waits for him. Be you angels? <laughs> Be you angels? <laughs> we say nay. We are but men. Rock. Shut up, Garrett. When Abatak comes out of... Wi- oh, I, I read that wrong. I- <laughs> Sorry. You're not supposed to know I'm reading something. Oh, no, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. When Abatak comes out with his bowl... So I'll get cut, don't worry. Katan comes from behind and drives his sword right through his chest. Then he cheers again. Hooray! <laughs> they bury him again, standing up. Why? Why does he have to be standing? Because that's just how they did it. The next morning. (laughs) There he is again, knocking on doors, demanding weed. Maybe we shouldn't bury him standing up anymore (laughs) if he's coming back to life. Katan knew of the rumors that Arbatak might be a demon wizard. He's a fucking wizard, I said. (laughs) He was starting to believe the story. Would you stop touching that knife like that? You're this time around, Kathan went right to Abatak and sliced him in half. But the clan was worried to celebrate too early again. 
They buried him in a secret grave, deep in the woods, standing up again, because lying him down was not going to work for some reason. <laughs> Big surprise. He's back at the doors again. The next morning, Catan is all pissed off. He doesn't know what to do. He leaves the village and goes to the secret grave. It's as though he crawled his way out. He was about to abandon all hope and leave to never come back. Just then, a druid appears. Ask Catan what the problem is. Hmm, Catan, what is the problem here? <laughs> Catan tells him, There is a demon among us, died thrice and risen thrice, demanding blood and weed. He doesn't know how to kill it. The druid tells him, Arbatark is already dead. You can't kill him the same way. The druid laid out the exact recipe to kill Arbatark. Stab him in the heart with a wooden sword made from yew tree. Huh. Bury him upside down, not standing up. Oh, he's a wicked smart kid. Scatter the grave with thorn and ash, and then drop a giant boulder on top of it. It will still not work. What? But try it. What? Sarkatan <laughs> <laughs> finds a yew branch. A yew branch? Carves it into a point. Okay, okay, hold on. Jesus Christ. Yes, noobs. There is a fucking wooden shrub called a yew. Okay, can we move on now? Jesus Christ, go. <laughs> I wanted to clear up what he said. Okay, well, okay, good. Now you know and everybody else knew beforehand. Okay, let's move on. I mean, I said it like ten minutes ago, noobs, to be fair. You could have asked <laughs> to be fair. Where was I now? See, see, fucking Christ, Nuke, you son of a bitch. Oh, okay. He gathers thorns, vines, and ash branches. There's no commas in here. And found a tall rock that could be pushed over, given the help of a few men, because he was a pussy otherwise. <laughs> After digging another grave in the shadow of a rock. A rock lobster? What? What the fuck does what? that mean? Kathan returns to the village. To his horror, he had been gone for so long, Avatar had gained his strength back and drained the weed out of everyone. Wow. <laughs> Cold, gray, leathery bodies were everywhere, and Avatar was nowhere to be found. Who's breathing like that, noobs? Not me. That's 100% pit boss. Does that mean? It's, it's probably me. Boss. I'm sorry. It's probably me. I was laughing. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm dying. What do you want from me? Shut up. Oh, God. I know, man. I'm sorry. All right. He's doing his impression of Avatar. <laughs> exactly. Yes, okay. Kathan thought quickly. The closest place he could go was to his own clan. So he rushed back to his village, heard the woman and children screaming. A trail of bodies led him to where the remaining men were trying to fight off Avatar. Who the fuck is Avatar? Where's Dracula? <laughs> I'm kidding. All, kidding. All right. It's, Jesus it's, Christ. it's influenced by the Irish <laughs> tale here. That's why it's not Dracula, but it's influenced by this. You got it. He was more powerful than before, and none of their arrows or swords or axes or spears or lightning rods could harm him. Cathan ran straight to Abenak, and Arya... What? Do it! No, we're not uh, saying that. Uh, do it! The undead she screeched in hatred and pain and fell to the ground. Cathan and a few men 
loaded and dropped loads all over his body on a wagon and quickly went to the secret spot. Stop licking the knife like that. <laughs> Put the fucking knife down. You're gonna like stab yourself in the throat. Good way to go. What is wrong with you? They did as the druid instructed, tossed his body and head first and filled the grave, pushed the rock over and sealed the grave shut. Surrounding the grave with the thorn and ash. Dude, this is fucking long. I'm not reading Keep this whole going. thing. Keep going. You're almost there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the area he was buried in was called Laffer after his clan name. Unbelievable. <laughs> when the English came to Ireland, the... what does that say? What the fuck? Ain't... You were doing no. well this whole time, and now you're just freaking giving up. Love it. Ain't... <laughs> Anglicized? Is that yes. a word? Yes. Anglicized. Means right. white people. Anglicized everything. They only changed it slightly to Slatavata. <laughs> what? What is so freaking... What? After they just started pronouncing it Slavaturdy. What? Sla what are you trying to figure out? <laughs> it's written right there. It's about 20 miles of East Long Meadow. Oh, and believe it God. or not, you can actually go to the grave still today. <laughs> That's what it says. Wait, this happened in East Long Meadow? <laughs> no. <laughs> East of Londonderry. New Hampshire. And believe it or not, you can actually go to the grave still today. In Ireland? No. Yes. In Slaughter Verde. Which is in Ireland. <laughs> <sighs> it's about... Christ. Okay, I already said it's about 20 miles from East Long Meadow, but it is in the middle of a farm field. Distinguished by a small ash, ass, ash tree, and the giant slab of cock just underneath it. <laughs> uh, he said cock. Locals say that in the 90s, they tried to cut down the tree. It's growing over the rock, but the brand new chainsaws they were using all broke before they could make the cut. Why in the 90s? Why did it take that long? <laughs> because nobody gave a shit about a tree until the 90s. Nobody gave a shit about trees till the 90s, man. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the fuck? These make us breathe? <laughs> <laughs> okay. They tried removing the rock, too. But the chains they were using all snapped and accidentally severed off the hand of one of the workers. Poured weed all over the stone. Ugh. When they came back the next day, there were no blood stains on the rock. It was as if the stone completely absorbed it, like a wizard. <laughs> the argument has been that Bram Stoker made the character of Dracula in the light of Vlad the Impaler, a.k.a. Vlad Draculia. His father was Vlad Dracul, uh, sometimes called Vlad the Dragon. <laughs> But there's very good reason to believe that Stoker, sometimes known as Stroker, avoided admitting the story had any Irish connection because it simply would never be published by a London company. So, like, he never admitted that this has anything to do with Ireland at he all. He couldn't. That's the whole point. Keep reading. Why am I reading this? There is no telling how much credit has been deliberately avoided over the centuries when it comes to Irish inspiration. Since Stoker is no longer with us to confirm or deny anything other than the story of Arbutak, we are left with some pretty compelling evidence. 
Here's some obvious inspiration from Bram's life. Obviously. He was born in 1847 during the worst year of the famine. 47. His mother. They were boning during famine. Shut the times, fuck up. Brother. Black 47. His mother, Charlotte. Mathilda Blake Thornley <laughs> from the Harry Potter universe. What? She was a descendant of the ancient <laughs> Irish kings, the O'Donnell Lords, which can be traced all the way back to the 6th century making Bram Stroker Irish royal weed. It's true. Stroking to I, the left. I think it's pronounced Brom. Yeah, it, it probably is, but you notice I don't give any fucks. I have none left to give. <laughs> she lived through the cholera. 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 Slotcha! Slotcha! Cholera! <laughs> The black shits. She lived through the coronavirus outbreak of 1832. And obviously the great potato famine. Bram Brom was sick for most of his childhood. He was often bedridden. Jerking off. <laughs> his mother would tell him stories about Irish folklore. And also about the 1832 cholera outbreak and famines. And how many lives it took. She would talk about how she remembered people walking like corpses because a dead corpse is obviously not dead enough, right? She called them nah. What? Not nah. Hell to the nah. <laughs> nah, nave, merith. Whatever the fuck that is. It's the word for the undead. Nah, nah, nave, merith. Are we done here? Like, dude, I'm not even close to being done. Well, how about you speed the fuck this? up? Growing up in Ireland, Stoker and his family were very close to the family of WB, the TV production company. Wow. <laughs> WB Yeats. The Yeats were fascinated with Irish folklore and the occult. They wrote a few books on Irish folklore themselves. Many of Brahms' brothers and sisters were surgeons. God Thornly damn it, Pip you fucking gummy bear addicted asshole. Uh, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's, I don't give a it's, shit. It's Just not a gummy stop, bear. Stop with your fucking crumply shit. It's not a gummy bear. It's a cough Did drop. you know I'm... that gummies are made from bugs? I love gummy bears. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Continue. I love Weenus. Weenus still got his hand over his mouth. Like, get it's he's, he's embarrassed to laugh. Can't do it. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah, go. <laughs> In one of his early draft versions of the story, Mr. Jonathan Harker is told to get off the carriage, who I think, is that Keanu Reeves in the movie? Yep. Yeah. Wait for a driver from the castle to pick him up. It isn't because they didn't want to take him closer to the castle. It was because it was the eve of the pagan Celtic holiday, and they needed to get back home before dark. When you say pagan Celtic holiday, which one are you talking about? Both. There's more than, okay, there's more than one. Okay, which holiday? I was trying to... It was in a podcast, but it was like a five-hour-long podcast, Stop. and I couldn't remember what it was called. Stop. It started with a C. That's all I remember. A C? Yeah. Okay. You're not, like, talking about Samhain, right? Because that's an S. No. No. That's Halloween. It started with a C. Started with a C. We're talking was... about Dracula. Yeah, yeah, whoosh, yeah. What? I don't know. I just yeah. felt like... Oh, okay, jeez, need thanks. <laughs> need an attention breaker right there. Some have made the argument that the name comes from the Gaelic word for bad blood, drac fowl. 
It definitely doesn't. Doesn't even sound like it. And that is just Dra- some of Drac- the overwhelming Fowl? evidence. Drac Fowl doesn't sound like Dracula. Drac Fowl. Drac Fowl. Stop. Drac. Drom Stroker may have completely based Dracula from Irish inspiration. The drink. So what could Dracula never do? He could never see the sunrise. Even sometimes it's hard for us to see the sunrise too. What makes a man? So what do we do to help with <laughs> a miserable little <laughs> pile of secrets? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What do we do to help wake up? Grab a brush, put on a little makeup. We make ourselves a nice cup of hot coffee. Tequila sunrise? How about y'all just shut the fuck up and listen to him? Christ. Because this is a St. Patrick's Day podcast, we need to get ourselves a nice Irish coffee. None of us have done that yet, but we will. I did. Yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) The story behind the Irish coffee, they say that in Limerick, Ireland, in the 1940s, there was a plane of tourists going back to America... The plane crashed. They all died. <laughs> no. God damn it. This fucking kid. It was a dark... <laughs> I'm done with him. I'm done with this kid. I am. Was... I'm done. I'm done It was him. a dark, cold, rainy... No... Oh, wait. Hold on. It was a dark, cold, rainy night. Is that a French press, Woosh? <laughs> He's got a French press. And everyone was cold and wet. The plane was grounded for a while. And the Batman decided that regular coffee wasn't enough. So he put together something special for him. But the idea went back to San Francisco. And the Buena Vista... This is fucking... What are we talking Just about fucking here? keep going. You keep stopping like a retard. <laughs> they added cream on top of the coffee. And it became incredibly popular. So that's why you sometimes hear that bar invented the drink. So, in order to make an authentic Irish coffee, you need to go to San Francisco Buena Vista Cafe <laughs> and order cream on top of nothing. your coffee. He is fucking making up everything. Unbelievable. <laughs> and he's wondering why the fuck it's taking him so long to get done with this thing. A heat-resistant glass. No ceramic mug. That is stupid. An Irish coffee glass is preferable. Fresh coffee. <laughs> Brown sugar, hot water, heavy whipping cream. Jameson, mix the heavy whipping cream in a bowl. A bowl, okay. Mix it just to point where it's almost chowder-like. Ew. You don't want to stiff us too runny. <laughs> a stiff or runny drink. Almost like a nice glaze. Oh, boy. Very important. Flash your glass. We don't want to cold... Of the glass. Oh my god. You're supposed to make you pour water We don't want too cold of the glass to affect the taste. Let's let's rephrase that. We don't want the cold of the glass to affect the taste. Are you serious right now, Woosh? Are you fucking serious? (laughs) So pour in hot water and then dump it out. Making cream. Throw in a tablespoon of brown sugar. Pour in shot of whiskey. And stir to dissolve the sugar. He's yelling at Pit Boss for eating gummy bears, and he's making fucking whipped cream over here. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. All right, gummy bears has nothing to do with whatever the fuck we're talking about. That's gonna take All you right. like 25 minutes to whip. You know that, right? Pour in the coffee, leaving about an inch on the top. Either slowly pour in the cream or gently feed it to yourself with a spoon. Oh wait, wait, wait! I have an Irish toast. 
a healthy heart and a wet mouth wrapped around cocks <sighs> for the rest of your night. God, this fucking kid. Thanks for stopping by. What's the Gaelic? You're the Gaelic. Hey. You're, a, you're a fucking Gaelic. Croy Folane Agus Gob Fleek. Gobagool. I said that totally wrong. It's pronounced Cree Full Loin. So I was kind of right about some Cree of the stuff. A Gus Gob Flea. Cree Loin, a Gus Gob Flea. Yeah, this is bad. Just fucking dip your moldy bread in your fake whipped cream. You are a complete fucking piece of shit. He's got a French press with a bowl of fucking whipped cream. That's what I do. Are you shitting me right now? What? Oh, what? Did you do something? Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Here with the French press, gangster. He ain't fucking. I got a French press. I got my whiskey. What do you guys have? Gummy bears. Oosh, can I ask you a question? Yeah, fucking French no. press. Why, uh, no, why I do you said use no. the French press? Listen to me. Listen to me. I said no. You may not okay. ask me a question. Shut why your face. Why do you use the French Shut press? Shut your goddamn whore mouth. Why do you use the French Shut press? Shut your mouth. Whoosh. Fresh Prince? Why, why do you, do you use the, a Fresh Prince? Why do you use the Fresh Prince? Irish coffee. Look at that thing. Yeah. A bunch of fucking retards. Oh, wow. French, French presses Bel Air. French presses <laughs> Bel Air. It's just another thing to upset Woosh. How is it, Woosh? How is it? Oh, yeah, that's pretty much what every fucking podcast turns into, so. How is it? Just dump that. <laughs> just dump it. <laughs> First, dip the bread in it. Taste it. Woosh, that actually looks good. good. Yeah, you did well. It was you good. did well. Weenus, say something. What's up? There we go. He's alive. You look like a fat fucking Greek. Wow. Wow. Wow, guy. I'm fucked up. I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. You, don't look, you don't look fat, but you do look Greek. Stew. <laughs> Stew. <laughs> Stew. Yes. What was the Gaelic again? That's gone. That's no, totally do it gone. Again. Like the do it again. Let's go. Do it again. Do it again. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not pulling that back up. It's right fucking there. Why the fuck did you get rid of it? There's no reason yeah, to. Yeah, what the fuck, Stoke? No on, reason Stoke. to. Fuck. It's right there. Finish. How dare fucking you Stoke. live your Finish. life? Fuck. I don't know. Something about groins and <laughs> loins. Let me look. It's going to take me a, a hot minute. Suki, what are you doing? Yep, seeing this how it's going to take him forever. All right. Look at the coffin. Look at the coffin with fucking gold handles. Isn't it grand, boys? To be bloody undead. Let's not have a sniff. Let's have a bloody good cry. And always remember the longer you live, the sooner your bloody bloody will die. Look at the mourners. Quit. Bloody great hypocrites. Quit. Isn't it grand to be bloody undead? Let's not have the sins. God, why can't they just fuck 
for trying let's uh not listen to that ever again you don't have to that was awesome you can go fucking home and fuck yourself now that's i play go ahead do it that's nice seriously (laughs) go all right well thanks so much beef stew for your fucking bullshit um thank you and uh but now we're gonna move into another real history oh boy here we go noobs what do you got? All right. Awesome. Thanks, noobs. <laughs> and thanks, everybody, for showing up and listening to our fucking ass podcast. Jesus. All right. So what I'm going to talk about tonight is known as the Troubles. The Troubles occurred between pretty much the Second World War and the 1960s. You fool! When uh, the Republic of Ireland became its own country. You fool! Okay? Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys got that? I got it. Woosh kind of talked about in his segment that North Ireland is pretty much controlled by the British. I didn't and, say anything about that. Okay. Well, now you do. Oh, okay. All right. And then uh, Southern Ireland, which is pretty much known as the Republic of Ireland, Ireland is its own separate thing, too, so the country is pretty much split in half. You fool! (laughs) During this time, uh, the IRA kind of fell apart. We just kind of talked about that a little beginning, but where we start in this story, the IRA is not present at this time. There was a few bombings here and there. There was still unrest in the country. And in the 1950s... Whoa. They enlisted as many men as they could, and they called the Border Campaign. You fool! <laughs> right? This was a series of military-style attacks and raids on British Army posts in various locations in Northern Ireland. So this is Southern Ireland. You fool! <laughs> going up there, uh, because they still hate the British for everything they've done. And So we're going to fast forward right now to 1966. It was the 50th anniversary of the Easter Risings. The IRA gained a bit of support in the 50s, but 
Because of the wave of the little attacks on this border campaign, the Protestants and Loyalists to England and Northern Ireland felt like they had a reason for concern. So, let me go back. This whole thing, as far as the Troubles go, is against Catholics and the Protestants. That's what this is all is going down. So, Protestants and Loyalists are in Northern Ireland. So, they came up with two paramilitary groups were made. The UVF and UPV. And they declared war on the IRA. What does that all stand for? Yeah, what does it stand for? I don't feel like that is necessary. It it very much is. It it, it very, very much is. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the UVF, that stands for the Ulster Protestant Volunteers. The UVF stands for Ulster Protestant Volunteers? You fool! Oh, I'm sorry. The Ulster Voluntary Force. And then the UPV stands for the Ulster Protestant Volunteers. So these are Northern Ireland. These are the people that are loyal to the British, are raging war against the IRA, which are the Catholics in South Ireland. You fool! (laughs) Both of these groups I just mentioned, terrible fucking people. Brutal. Pretty much they hated Catholics. So... It was like, we need to kill all these Catholics, so let's do this. And they did it. They were just killing random people down the street. They killed a young Catholic girl. They killed some guys walking out of a bar one night. And they plant started to plant bombs. They tried to plant bombs at a Catholic bar, but they actually destroyed a uh, one of their own, the Protestant house nearby. So they fucked up there. But they may have realized that that was a way to build hatred against the IRA. They realized they could blow up their own buildings and blame it on the IRA just to build up hate against those uh, that group. We're going all the way back to 1968. And in Northern Ireland, the Catholics, the ones that were still around, they were being discriminated against. For jobs, homes, civil, uh, civil rights marches started up. They were trying to, like, you know, fuck this shit. We're not going to take this. They were trying to get the British to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys see me right now? Yes. That was one hell. That was a great, that was a great move. Great move. A great move. This? <laughs> I worked on yeah. it all day. <laughs> I saw the I saw the line and I said, "Oh, it'd be awesome if it said to leave." <laughs> Why you, don't Luke. you get get out? Like what the fuck? Okay, <laughs> you can Just, get it. You can get <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. Hey, you so don't like dur- our dur- country. During these marches, <laughs> um, you had you know you had. The Southern Ireland... You fool! (laughs) Catholics and everything like that. They were marching up and people up in Northern Ireland. And the people in Northern Ireland, known as the Loyalists to England, started attacking them. Being like, no, you're not going to do this. We're going to fight you. We're going to fuck you up. (laughs) So that's what they did. And um, One thing I probably failed to mention, I don't know if uh, Pitboss said it in his segment, but uh, the whole deal with Northern Ireland, and it's not ever called Southern Ireland, it's called the uh, Republic of Ireland, but 
Northern yeah. Ireland, like uh, what Pitbox might have said, I, I'm sorry I wasn't there for it. But the county of, or the plantation of Ulster, is that something that you talked about? I did not say okay. that, no. So, before the famine, after one of the bigger revolutions, a whole bunch of Scottish and English people were given an opportunity to purchase land in the northern part of Ireland. They called it the Plantation of Ulster. And they were kicking out all the old Gaelic tribes and everything like that. Uh, so all of these ideas about home rule that came up, they pretty much all said the same thing. Hey, we'll get the fuck out of Ireland and let you guys do you. But the one thing that we do want to hold on to is that part of the island, the Ulster Plantation. Because that was the one where all of the Scottish and English people were still doing uh, plantations in there to, to trade uh, produce and whatever the heck they were making. So... This is why there still is, to this day, a Northern Ireland and a Republic of Ireland. There is no official country that's just called Ireland, just to kind of get that out of the way. Okay. So, you had the, uh, you know, Southern Ireland. You fool! Republic <laughs> of Ireland started these marches, so Nor Northern Ireland started their own march. It was planned for October 5th. So, you had these two marches coming together, um in a town called Derry in England. No, Ireland. In Northern Ireland. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, so, and this was going to be one of the bigger battles uh, when these two marches met. Terrible issues, and the local government actually saw this happening, and they're like, no, and, you know, we're going to stop this shit before it even starts, and they failed. Both groups marched anyways, and... It was a big fucking shit fest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is that is that what the text says? Does the text say it was a big shit fest? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So it, it just sparked. Is that the, the educated okay. term? Hey, the let, shit fest? let me continue on. Bye, sorry. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, continue. Okay. I'm sorry. Go. So it, it just started a huge wave of riots. Fuck shit show is what it was. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. You fool! <laughs> so you, you have the Catholics, Protestants. Uh, and um, it pretty much started a huge battle. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, Ireland, Catholic, Protestant, they fought. Hey, no, it, it pretty much lasted through the next decade. You fool! <laughs> which was almost over. You fool! <laughs> So it's not that long. You fool! That it ended up killing hundreds of people. You fool! <laughs> hundreds of people. So a civil rights group was formed in Belfast called the People's Democracy. They organized a giant protest march from Belfast to Derry. You know, there's always repeated ambushes, attacks. This happened throughout all of the troubles. And even at one point during this march, a group of 200 men were attacked. You fool! <laughs> with metal pipes and bricks. So when they got to Derry, this group tried to break in again, but they were at Derry now where a bunch of Catholics were ready to fight. So they go, and the rioting got so bad that... <laughs> they <laughs> Between this group, which was known as the RUC, that came into Derry, 
And they started rioting themselves, attacking, beating, kicking people out of their homes in the neighborhood. And this was known as the Bog Side of Derry. After this little riot, people in the Bog Side neighborhood barricaded. They started building roadblocks and uh, sheet metal walls to divide Derry. And they called this side Free Derry. Excuse oh, what me. The, what the hell was that? So... You know, there was more protests, more marches, Go went on for years and years. This eventually led to the RUC, which was the group that came into Derry. You fool! <laughs> started breaking into homes of Catholics and pretty much killing them. You fool! <laughs> which is pretty screwed up, if you ask me. What do you think, Pit Boss? I mean, it sounds pretty screwed up. Pretty messed up. Okay. Uh, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so the UPV and UVF, they started bombing water, electrical plants, and they were blaming them on the IRA using that previous uh, tactic. And they even bombed a television station in Republic of Ireland, which is Southern Ireland. You fool! <laughs> Again, there's nothing that is ever called Southern Ireland. I'm just saying because it's easier for people to understand, like Northern Ireland, but then you don't call the Southern part Southern Ireland. I don't want anybody going over to Ireland and saying, "Oh, I'm in Southern Ireland." Oh, I know. I I, did, I said that after just to clear it up. <sighs> you fool! <laughs> you yeah, we have to help clear it up. Yeah. yeah, you cleared up a lot. What? Huh? <laughs> Wait. Huh? So this eventually led to what is known as the Battle of the Bogside. So the Protestant group formed in 1814 called themselves the Apprentice Boys. They they were commemorated the anniversary of the Siege of Derry from 1688, a long time ago. They marched alongside the barricade walls that uh, the RAA group built up around the bog side you fool <laughs> pretty much they were just trying to climb up over the walls they were trying to uh throw pennies and just kind of irritate the catholics during this march catholics retaliated by throwing marbles and stones so what happened the ruc came in and fought with the catholics encouraged the protestant civilians to join the fight and then they broke down part of the barricade and they just all rushed in but they couldn't get far because the Catholics were coming up with something. Petrol bombs. They were throwing them from the rooftops, burning people. It was a shit show. Another one. <laughs> this was the big, one of the bigger shit shows. This was the a Catholics, shit show times two. Them Catholics love their napalm in the morning, I tell you that. Catholics started going into these buildings and turning them into petrol bomb factories. So they started making these assembly lines. They made a shit ton of these petrol bombs. They didn't have guns, so this was the best form of attack to fight these groups that they were going against. So many of the RUC loyalists in Northern Ireland, they were burned. Severely burned from these petrol bombs. And it was a really uh, effective form for the Catholics to use. <laughs> um, <laughs> us Catholics don't fuck around. <laughs> it was really effective. I mean, Which, it was. We're gonna good set job. Your ass on fire. A great idea. Whoever came up with it. Whoever came up with the idea, let's throw fire. Guys, exactly. guys, Wicked great idea. Smart. 
My kids Let's wicked smart. Fucking fire at these guys! <laughs> oh my god, it's the best idea I ever fucking heard, bro. So after hours of getting these petrol bombs, stones, all sorts of other shit thrown at them, the RUC finally started to use CS gas, also known as tear gas. They shot almost twelve hundred canisters through the whole battle. One of the leaders of the Catholics was a twenty-two-year-old woman, Bernadette. Devlin. She's a powerful speaker. So she walks out during this fucking huge battle. Walks right between the um, middle of the two lions. And uh, she goes, you guys are throwing stones at their heads. But, you know, they got shields. They're blocking that shit. So what I want you to do, throw stones at their heads as well as their feet and end this shit right now. Dude. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> Schwan out of nowhere. <coughs> what a fucking genius. So, it starts a huge battle cry from the um, rioters, the Catholics, and they start throwing shit like crazy stones, all sorts of shit. Stones, bottles, glass, whatever they could get. So that created a huge conflict between both sides. And they realized, like, this ain't going to end until we get the army of Ireland in here to step in and shut this shit down. Honestly, both sides were hoping for that. But on the evening of August 13th, the Prime Minister of the Republic of Ireland, Southern Ireland, You fool! <laughs> uh, broadcast his address, and pretty much he said, The I uh, Republic, Ire <coughs> Republic of Ireland Army... <laughs> Would not interfere in the fighting, but they would set up hospitals, you know, because so many people were injured during these battles during this whole time. So they wanted to set up uh, hospitals outside of the border for the rioters, Catholics alike, to get treated because a lot of them would not be able to get treated in the Northern Ireland hospitals. On the third day, North Ireland government called in a special reserve military force called the B Specials, also known as. The B-Men, which was pretty much a more evil version, if you can think of that, of the RUC. Because they were fucked up. RUC was shot. They're like, nah, we need some help, man. So they came in, and they fucked shit up a little bit. You fool! <laughs> Stephanie's doing dishes right now, isn't she? Yes. Hey! Did you guys hear? And I heard the word asshole, Something but I'm not. Something smelling like asshole? <laughs> Something about asshole. Alright. Where the fuck am I? Oh my god, you're done. Are you not done yet? There's a lot of shit going on here. The Catholics fucking get shot. The Protestants shoot them. The end. End of story. Not exactly. Yeah, for the most part. Oh my god. Okay. So on the 14th of August, the British military came into Derry to relieve the RUC. The rioters loved the fact that the British Army came in to break up the RUC because they weren't beefing with them at that time, you know? They, they didn't have any problems. So at the end of the battle, no one was killed, but about a thousand people were injured. Not a biggie. You fool! <laughs> but the days after, Catholic groups in other parts of Northern Ireland, Belfast, started to protest the violence 
that it was caused by uh, bogside. You fool! <laughs> so Protestant groups and the RUC started attacking Catholics in those areas, burning businesses, buildings, all sorts of shit to the ground, killing priests. And the RUC shot a man that was part of the British Army trying to protect his home. Right, Woosh? Yes. <laughs> All right. So the British Army was deployed again, took the streets of Northern Ireland, called it Operation Banner. Uh, British campaign occupying Northern Ireland, which pretty much lasted until 2007, if you can believe that. That's how long this shit's been going on. After a few paramilitary attacks from Ulster Volunteer Force, also known as the UVF, in both Belfast and the Republic of Ireland, guess what? The IRA came back. You ready for this shit, Pit Boss? Oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe they came back! I'm trying to, I'm trying to break it up. I'm trying to break it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're doing a terrible just, job. Just, okay. just go. go dude. <laughs> just fucking go. God. So after a few months, riots, car bombs, assassinations in Belfast, the British Army conducted a search of weapons in uh, Belfast known as the Falls. This became known as the Falls Curfew. 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 A riot broke out. Eventually led to the IRA's first big push to come out uh, out of hiding and go against the British. And during that little battle, little fact for you, it was the first time that rubber bullets were used in history. Holy shit. <laughs> How fucking nuts is that, though? That what? is nutsos. <laughs> I can't believe uh, it. And they're pretty used pretty commonly today, so that was the first time they were used. So, uh, searches for weapons continued in Belfast. The riots, same bullshit. IRA is uh, strong right now, murdering British soldiers. But British troops quickly raided areas as fast as possible before IRA could come in. And... Um, Catholic women were actually told that every time you see British troops driving in to start uh, slamming trash cans, whatever you could, uh, on the sidewalks, on the walls, to as a form of security to warn these people that, hey, British are coming in, let's get their shit straight. So that's what they did, and it actually worked. IRA members would shoot these British soldiers, and finally... British declared war on the IRA. They're like, fuck this shit. And throughout 1971, it was a constant back and forth. Riots, searches, bombings, assassinations, civilian deaths by the hundreds, thousands, injuries, arrests, military groups on both sides doing fucked up shit. Eventually, even some double agents were deep inside both the IRA and the British government. And it was some crazy shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, Woosh? Just tell uh, me. Right, it's fun. <laughs> and then they did this, and it was crazy. I mean, there's so much more shit to go in than we can do in this podcast, but. Let's not. Uh, Let's not, and say we didn't. <laughs> All right. 
So this brings us all the way to January 30th, 1975. It's called Bloody Sunday. So uh, just a few months earlier, the British raided an area of Belfast known as Bala Murphy. You fool! <laughs> in an attempt to quickly arrest anyone they thought were IRA. Obviously, fighting occurred, riots, same bullshit. Over 30 were arrested and 11 nationalists were killed, even though their families denied that they had anything to do with the IRA. So they were just killing anybody and did whatever the fuck they wanted. In response, peaceful protest march was put forth by Catholics of Derry. Some of the British troops claimed that they heard gunshots coming from the crowd during this time. So what did the British do? They opened fucking fire, started spraying everybody. 28 civilians were shot, 14 killed. Uh, most of them were only about 17 years old. And this is pretty much the most fucked up time of the Troubles. Because there was never a time where they just killed civilians like this. No weapons were found on their person, but British troops did say that they heard gunshots, but none of the bodies found had guns on them. How crazy is that? The British claim that they found four nail bombs on a suspected IRA member, but that was never uh, confirmed. Support and recruitment for the IRA skyrocketed after this. IRA started planting bombs every fucking where. They killed a lot of the loyalists to Britain, but they also killed some of their own during this time. Fast forwarding to July, <coughs> gunfights, bombs, snipers, tanks, fucking crazy shit all over Belfast and Derry. It was a fucking war. During the 1970s, the British side had so many violent military groups in the effort to rid Catholics from Northern Ireland. All, a lot of the groups I already mentioned. M15. You fool! M16. You fool! The Red Commandos and murder gangs infiltrated the whole fucking area. These guys made a living of stopping Catholics on the side of the road and shooting them in the fucking head and storming into Catholic bars and killing everybody in the fucking place. Shwa, can you imagine drinking in a bar and someone coming in and shooting the whole place up? Yeah, I live in America. Oh, my God. All right. That's a good point. I mean, it's not a bad point, but it's, it's not a good point either. <laughs> um, there's some court cases that came up. But the problem was that during these court cases, they had English judges. Do you think that was a problem, Pitboss? No, not at all. Okay. You're wrong. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, because even one of the English judges, Lord Lowry, was quoted as saying they were, were just trying to rid the land of pestilence. So basically, they didn't give a fuck, is what we're trying to get at here, you know? So, these court cases are going on. And one day, the URD, or the specials, as I mentioned before... You fool! <laughs> ...stormed into the home of the Revis family. Oh my god, we're not on Bobby Sands yet? <laughs> I gave him the wrap-up cue, but he wouldn't listen. And they pretty much killed everybody in the fucking place. IRA retaliated by unloading bullets into a minibus filled with Protestants. So they're like, all right, let's go back. Okay, we're doing this back and forth. So the retaliation of the IRA came from British high intelligence. British. That's what I said. High. What did I say? British. 
Uh, sorry, British. British high intelligence. British. Uh, <clears throat> the plan was, you get this, to shoot up a school and kill all the children and teachers. So after they got this command, URD pretty much said, nah, we ain't going to do that. Because they know that if they fucking go in and shoot up a school with children and teachers, this is going to start a real civil war in Ireland. And possibly a continental war. And so they're like, no, we're not going to do that. It was. It would be a shit show. <laughs> Pretty much. The shittiest show. Oh my god. That's a lot of shit. <laughs> so the IRA was an incident of committing terrible things either. In 1972, a person known as Jane McConville, a Protestant woman, married a Catholic. Ten children. 1972, someone kidnapped her. No one knew what happened to her. Her body was discovered in 2003 on a beach after multiple storms throughout the years washed away the sands where her body was buried. Wow. <laughs> All right, so... I don't know why you're laughing at that, noobs. That's actually really disrespectful. I'm not laughing at Really? You're making a smart-ass comment. I said, wow. Oh, I thought that was a smart-ass comment. All right. Okay. How about you let me go... So, after years of bombing all over Ireland, and uh, a few in London as well, IRA agrees to cease fire with the British. Uh, only less than a few months, IRA bombed a train with British soldiers. Nationalist groups and loyalist groups both started having arguments, and they actually started fighting with themselves. There's tons of just careless bombings that killed civilians all over the country. There were enough to show that... Um, <laughs> shut up. But with the train bomb and just assassinations all over the place, it was clear that these were becoming more like force of habit criminals. Basically people that just didn't know any better. They just wanted to kill, kill, kill. That's all they knew. So it was pretty bad during this time. So It was uh, a shit show. Pretty much. The amount of IRA prisoners British were arresting was so overwhelming that they had to make a separate prison just to hold these guys. At first, it was pretty much POW camps. Um, they were given what is known as special category status. Unlike other uh, regular criminals, IRA prisoners could wear their own clothes. They didn't have to wear uniforms, and they weren't forced into prison labor. But after the type of violence the IRA were committing, they, they took that status away. So they were pretty much like any other prisoner. Uh, British had... Uh, Sound it out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So the British add uh, to POW camp into regular jail. They called it the H block where they put these guys. They were given clothes and cells, and they were actually given furniture. But what did the IRA prisoners do? They broke all the fucking furniture because they were being abused. You fool! <laughs> they took away all their furniture. They pretty much left them with a piece of foam and a little bowl to wash their hands. A bowl to smoke out of, like Dracula. Every time a bowl comes up, this kid, <laughs> this kid who claims he quit smoking weed. I did. I did. I stopped. Not that kind of bowl. So basically what this started uh, was the blanket protest. It was started by carrying... Nugent, 
And pretty much what this was, he refer, uh, refused to wear the uniform that they gave him. Why did prison. you introduce him like that? <laughs> no, I said Kirian. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Kirian. Okay. Or Kirin. I said that. I said Kirian. Yeah, but then he went, Nugent! Like, hey! <laughs> Ted Nugent. I'm fucking drunk, all right? That's why. I did it. <sighs> all right. I, hey, I'm going to take a two second break to piss. Oh, no. Fucking no. Christ. no, no, no. Jesus yeah, we're all, Christ. We're all I'm shutting the segment Holy off. Holy shit. Shut him off. You gave him, like, the second biggest segment in this podcast. I didn't tell him to use all that shit, and I sure as shit didn't expect him to freaking read this slow. Whoosh, finish, finish the segment for him. Christ. I can't handle it no more. His monotone, wearing his girlfriend's shirt, pathetic ass, trying to tell me about the IRA. No, fuck this I'm gonna murder him. All right, I'm done. I'm done with him. Fuck him. The blanket protest came out when they all refused to wear the uniforms that they gave them. So they were just going to wear their blankets. When that didn't really work out for them, they started the dirty protest, which said they refused to use the toilets and they refused to shower. So what they pretty much ended up doing was taking shits and pisses in the corners of their cells instead. And even when they got their food, like they would eat whatever they could and whatever was left, they just let it fucking sit there in the corner the whole concept was to make the prison as disgusting and smelly and infested as possible there was flies and maggots and rodents all over the place they were hoping that maybe this would make the british uh, go okay fucking jesus christ we'll give you back your freaking political status there or whatever it is but what ended up happening was that the british were like uh no you guys are fucking disgusting animals and we're gonna treat you like disgusting animals and these guys were out there with their freaking piles of shit and piss in the corner and they would rip apart little pieces of foam from their beds and scrape it up and use it as a paintbrush. And they would smear it all over the walls. And they were making, like, all their walls were just covered in their shit and piss and rotten food everywhere, all over their cell. It was the, the worst. And, uh, pfft, again, the British were like, I don't give a fuck. So what happened, especially because they were refusing to take showers, they were refusing to freaking use the toilets... The, the British said, okay, well, okay, we, we can't have this mess in here. It's going to attract way too much rodents. So what they did was they would go in and beat the shit out of them and drag them out of their cells, throw them into the hallways, beat them up, slam them up against the walls and shit, bash their heads on the toilets and everything. They would actually give them haircuts, but like with the big old lamb shears, and they were cutting their scalps off and shit like that. It was awful, 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 awful shit, and it happened for quite a few years. Noobs. Yeah. You want to start with Bobby Sands? Oh, God, don't do it now. Hey, Bosh. Shut your pie hole. Oh, quit. Great one. Uh, yeah. What did, you, what did you do? The prison shit? Quit. It's Bobby Sands. Who's Bobby Sands? Yeah, who's Bobby Sands? Uh, basically, he's the mo- uh, most famously known as the leader of the IRA prisoners during this time. Uh, kind of what Woosh talked about. All these guys are What in year prison. was it? What year was it? Um, well, he started this um, in 1981. What did he start? He started a hunger strike. Uh, at this time, and it lasted about 66 days. You fool! <laughs> Imagine going 66 days without food, and he later died on May 5th. You fool! <laughs> he was nine days into his strike when he celebrated his 27th birthday. So, uh, nine other hun- hunger strikers died before the IRA prisoners called it off because they knew the British weren't going to do shit about it, unfortunately. 
So this brings us to 1985 and what came to be known as the Anglo-Irish Agreement. Uh, basically, this was put forth to end the troubles, everything we've been talking about here. Basically what it said, if the majority of Ireland voted to become part of the Republic, then it could. But obviously, this, this, this is this is again like probably like the eighth time that home rule has been presented to them, and it's pretty much the same exact treaty all every single time. So yeah, just to let you know. Exactly. You fool! <laughs> and also the Anglo-Irish treaty too. I think this is like the second or third one too in history. So uh, obviously there was no way that was going to happen. Plus, uh, the Republic of Ireland knew that this wasn't true, anyways. Britain would always have a hand in Northern Ireland. So the government of Ireland still wouldn't be allowed to function like a normal government. Uh, they also allowed the Republic of Ireland to have seats in Northern Ireland government, and that really pissed off loyalists in Northern Ireland. So that wasn't going to happen. 1985 through up, all the way up to 1998, violence continued. Bombings, murders, snipers, traps... Deadly attacks on even mourners at the funerals that of the people that they killed. So they killed these guys and they killed the people that went to their funerals. Pretty crazy, pretty ruthless. And this brings us up to the Good Friday Agreement that recently just happened on April 10th in 1998. It was similar to the Anglo-Irish Agreement. It was overseen by everyone and they agreed... Everyone needs to calm the fuck down and stop all the violence going on in Ireland. Took two years of talks. Took a U.S. Senator, George Mitchell, to go over there and pretty much tell everybody, stop being a bunch of fucking assholes and get a fucking agreement done to end this shit. And basically you have until April 9th. There were many people that supported the agreement. It was voted by a huge majority of both Irish and many see this as the agreement that stopped the violence. But not technically. There's still a lot of shit that went on after 1998. Um, there was bombings. There was new groups that called themselves the real IRA. And um, in July of that year, there was another march, another riot, lasted about a week. And um, it only ended when the loyalists of Northern Ireland killed three young children with petrol bombs. Um, well, that's a weird way to put it. Okay. Okay, so pretty much there was a, another attack between the loyalists and the real IRA. When they realized that the petrol bombs that they were throwing were causing these fires, three young children were stuck in a building that was caught on fire, and by accident, kind of, they, they, they burned to death. So they called off the fighting completely after that. Right. Nobody went out and purposefully tried to kill these things. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, great segment. That sounded great. Good job. Good job. So uh, in August, Real IRA set another bomb off. Oh, we're not done? No, we're done. Killed 27 civilians. One woman who was pregnant with twins died. This is just in 1998. Why are we listening to depressing stories about kids and people dying like this? Uh, I think we've been listening to depressing shit for the last freaking six hours. Yeah, like, what's up with this history lesson of because Ireland? Because that is Ireland, okay? What about Ireland the good is shit depressing. of Ireland? So that brings us to 1999. Many of us uh, were alive during this time. 
Oh yeah? Are we? <laughs> not not in ninety eight though. Not ninety eight. Ninety nine, we all became alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Uh what the fuck guys? Riots, riots were still going on during this time. Really? Uh mainly in Belfast. A few bombs went off, killed a few hundred people. You fool! <laughs> um there are paramilitary groups going around. Uh, they eventually stopped, and a lot of people handed over their weapons. Unfortunately, there are members who didn't surrender and made their own groups. Like I mentioned before, Real IRA, uh, and many others. You fool! <laughs> but remember, the UVF is still a thing as well. So the border became soft uh, a lot during this time. And many people over the last decade barely even know that it's there, except for real bad areas like Derry, where a lot of battles went on. Things have gotten a lot better over the past, over the years, but incidents still occur. As early as April 2019, a journalist, Laura McKee, was shot by accident. Laura McKee was uh, actually shot by accident by the RAA while she was covering a riot in Derry. Not even a year ago, British forces were yet again searching for weapons and a riot broke out. The RAA came in, started shooting, and Laura just happened to be standing in front of them. Lyra. Lyra, sorry. That's as early as April 2019. These problems are still going on in Ireland. Uh, IRA actually made a public apology, but it didn't stop hundreds of people doing anything they could to bring down the IRA. But basically, the IRA is supposedly died out now, but the last remaining members are considered terrorists. When did the MIB become the IRA? Did I miss that story? <laughs> That's later on. <laughs> no, it's not. Fucking hilarious. I know. I can't even I can't even contain how funny that is. Whoosh. What happened to you? Alright, noobs, that was great. Thank you for that informative segment of the IRA. And noobs still isn't done. Yeah he is. We're doing our drink. Let me go grab the ingredients so we can do this. Yeah, do Why don't you have them right there in front of you? Because I don't have the Baileys. Why are you insanely non prepared? I'm not I have Like you weren't even day. home. You fucking told me that you brought a fucking are headpiece. You... Go get the goddamn that's ingredients. Where you fucking... <laughs> go get them. Show. Don't don't wait for Woosh to stop yelling at you. Just fucking go. Fuck's sake. Oh my god, I want to. Oh, 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 I'm so upset. You sound yeah. so much worse. I know, it's awful. I'm tired of yelling at you assholes. <laughs> Fucking stew showing up like 10 minutes into the podcast as we're ready to get done. Talking shit. Noobs fucking up the whole time. Not prepared, wearing his girlfriend's t shirt. Schwad dying in the corner. Oh my god, yes. Woosh ready to murder Stu. Woosh is ready to murder me. <laughs> and I gladly accept. Stu, how come I can't see your picture? Because. Because he spilt shit. Yeah, I spilled some shit on my keyboard. That kind of reminds me of the, the first, like, fucking three times that you said you did something to your computer, so that's why you couldn't show up on time. Oh, okay. Alright, noobs, go. Do your fucking drink. Fuck. I'm waiting for my glass. It's being washed. What? <laughs> what? Are you fucking serious right now? Hold the fuck up. What are you waiting for, exactly? Are you waiting for your girlfriend to wash a glass for you? 
Yeah, because I was in shit. Why the okay, fuck she well, freaking puts up with you? I fucking dump your ass a million times over. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Noobs, are you You're serious right now? fucking useless, get up kid. off your fucking ass and go get that fucking cup. No, the I, fucking she... pizza delivery boy telling her his freaking supermodel <laughs> girlfriend to freaking clean? clean some goddamn glass because oh God. he's too much of a fucking lazy prick to do it himself. What a I fucking asshole. I was getting everything else. Shut the fuck, fuck up, Bush. What were you carrying? Show me what you were carrying that you couldn't have grabbed that cup. Shut up, boss. Shut the fuck up. You're you're a disgrace. Yeah, you are. You really are. Oh my god. You really are. Oh my god. You are. You are. I'm not you're even joking. I know. I am. You're I'm pretty such a disgrace. You gonna fucking say something now or what? Yeah, let's fucking right. go. Are you done, Pitboss? Are you oh fucking go, god, go? Go. Just I'm waiting right, for him to go. stop. Shut up and go. <laughs> All right. Holy fuck. So the the drink that we have right now for this segment is called. The Irish Car Bomb. Nice. Invented in Connecticut in 1979. <laughs> so what this guy came up with, bartender at this bar in this Connecticut. This guy came up with a bartender at this bar <laughs> in Connecticut. Are you guys done? Shut sure, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh kill, I'm gonna fucking rip his goddamn throat out. <sighs> he came up. <laughs> so he came up with a shot, which was half Bailey's and half Jameson. He called it the IRA. Eventually, he came up with the idea to drop it into a half pint of Guinness beer. Holy shit. He called this the Belfast Car Bomb. And would be later more popularly known as the Irish Car Bomb or just the Car Bomb. So, there was a story that a bunch of Navy boys walked into this bar... And they saw this drink being served, and they took offense to it. Since they were uh, well aware of what happened in Ireland, many people, uh, maybe even related to them, were affected by some of these car bombs that happened in their area. And they weren't happy about it. Some of the more least offensive name changes have been suggested as Irish Slammers, but we're not going to call it that tonight. We're going to call it the Irish Car Bomb, and basically what it is, is you fill your pint glass up halfway with Guinness. You take a shot glass, fill it halfway up with Jameson, and the other half, Bailey's Irish Cream. Bailey's Irish Cream, something we haven't talked about. Why would we? Because Bailey's was actually invented in 1971. And uh, Bailey's is actually the first Irish cream on the market. Noobs, for the fucking love of God, will you just freaking... Who gave him the liberty to ablib this part? Should you tell uh, him to say this? No, I didn't say anything about right. fucking All right. Bailey's. Pour Jesus your Christ. fucking drink! God damn it! <laughs> All Let's right. go. Let's go. Let's go. I was trying to make Let's it more go. interesting. All right. Okay. You're trying to make it more you're, interesting. You're not allowed to have shit. All right. All right. I got to so, go. This shit's fucking up. You got your pint of Guinness. You got your shot glass. Mm-hmm. And you drop it in and drink it as fast as possible. Sasha. <laughs> and that is the Irish car bomb. Yeah, great job. Great. Thanks. Bye. And the toast is... You're going to have to help me out with the pronunciation. May we be alive this time next year. May we be alive this time next year. Go.
Go. Go. Muere. Muere. Muid. Muid. Bayo. Bayo. Air on. Air on. Air on. Om Shua. Om Shua. Om Shua. All right. All right. Are we fucking done here? One more, song. One more song. Jesus. Finish fucking Christ. Let's go. Finish, finish strong, boys. Finish hey, strong. Listen, listen. Everything would have been fucking smooth and fine, but noobs had to freaking drag his shit out. What did I do? Everybody fucking wanted to kill themselves. You didn't right. add. Li- you, you, you're not supposed to. You're supposed to paraphrase what Josh sends you. You don't read the I whole did. fucking thing. He even tried. No, you did. You read, you did. You read the whole line to line, and then you <laughs> added stupid shit to it. Like, so it was pretty much like a shit show. <laughs> and did you guys know Bailey's was made in the 1970s? Like, what the fuck? I, I mean, I tried to shut make up, bullet points, up, but there was no way to do it. Don't want to hear your shit. shit. Don't want to hear your shit. Shut up. Stop fucking talking. Let the people sing the stories and the songs and the music. Music of their native lands, their lullabies and battle cries and songs of open joy. So join us hand in hand all across this ancient land. Throughout the test of time, it was music that kept their spirits free. Those songs of yours and mine. For those who are in love, there's a song that's warm and tender. For those who are oppressed, in song you can protest. So liberate your mind and give your soul expression. Open up your hearts and I'll sing for you this song. Let the people sing the stories and the songs and the music of the native land. Their gullible buys and their battle cries and the songs of Opus are handed all across this ancient land. Throughout the test of time, there's music that kept their spirits free. The songs of yours and mine. It was back in ancient times. The bard would tell his stories of heroes and of villains, of chieftains in the north. Through the passages of time, with passion and of glory, to those who've come before, let me sing for you once more. Let the people sing, boys and songs, music of the battle cries and songs of the story. All across the ancient land, throughout the test of time, we get to get their spirits free. Those of yours and mine. Island land of song, your music lives forever in its valleys and its mountains, in its rivers and its glens. Your music, it survived through famine and oppression. The generation's gone, let me sing for you this song. Let the people sing. <coughs> 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 
join us hand in hand all across the ancient land throughout the test of time it was music the day kept spirits free the songs of yours and mine nice job <laughs> no it wasn't it was terrible no, it wasn't. oh my god my, my brain hurts alright okay that was poetry. That was that was beautiful, Woosh. Thank you for that. That was very nice, Woosh. Okay, bye. Made my, I got my, I got my dick hard. Put it to use, and go over to California. Shove it in Noobs' ass. <laughs> Fucking deserve oh, it. Noobs, it's called paraphrasing, bro. Thank you, thank you, Pitboss, for telling me. You don't need to read that shit word for word. I didn't read it word for word. Why are you, oh, noobs, why are you saying that, noobs? Why are you saying you didn't read a word for Yes, you did. You read Not every really. word in there, and then no, you didn't. and then you added stuff to those words. No, I... That's I the complete of opposite of paraphrasing. Total Dude. opposite of paraphrasing. No. Listen, uh, he, sent me the same, he sent me the same thing. No. I took what he sent me, and I did my own research, and I put them together and made like a seven-minute segment. Okay. Okay, thank you, Pitbox. Oh Your my God! 35 minutes of reading <laughs> of a piece of paper. No. And you jump from fucking 1875 to 2009 in like the same paragraph. You gotta like timeline I, it. Man. I left to go take a shit, and he just said, and now we're fast forwarding all the way up to 1971. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go take a shit. I come back 20 minutes later, <laughs> and now it's 1972. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of shit in this one. Yeah, and again, you didn't Pair paraphrase it. Afraid. God. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to pick on you. I'm sorry. I am not sorry Pitbox. at all. You had the potato famine. Yeah. Which was fucking as many fucking shit as going you on. Kidding me? Fucking story. Well, you kidding why, me? Why would you even say that? You don't even know what the hell he was talking about. No, I know, but there was different. There's whole sorts of fucking sidelines and side stories and shit that went on in this one. And I told you to paraphrase. I told you to take out some of that shit. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't say. It. You, oh my dear Lord Jesus, boy! We fucking I'm had mad. conversation after conversation <laughs> about it, and you didn't do it. So just you shut. You said up. that I couldn't. You, you said I couldn't read off the of board.